Hey guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of By Pumpkin Patreon Edition. Um, so, I'm back. I had to take a break last week because my voice was just like not doing it. My voice, like, I was 30 minutes into recording the Patreon bonus episode last week when I just was like, dude, this is not working. Um, my voice is still a little bit gravelly right this second, but it's way better than it was. Like, I didn't even get a chance. Like, I did not speak to my mother from Thursday morning until I spoke to her Wednesday night and I didn't speak to her again until Monday morning because I like could not, I just, I had to rest my voice. And that's super difficult when you have like five kids and a husband that requires yelling at like, (laughs) My husband, adore him, adore Mr. Curtis, have, a, have an unhealthy codependent relationship with Mr. Curtis. True. Absolutely fucking true. Love his face. I don't ever want a drop of unhappiness to touch him. If I could, I, could, I would walk around with an umbrella over him at all times so that the sun wouldn't like burn his precious skin. No rain would touch him. And then I could also like use it to ward off any bad energy I could like move it around like that's if if I could that is our unhealthy codependency I mean codependency requires two I'll let you tell you I'll let him tell you his part it's like he'll never be on this podcast but like that said you have to cuss him out like once a quarter to reset him right you gotta like let it happen let it happen you're like okay well that's weird why do you do that? Wait a second. Are those my slippers he's wearing? Even though those are my slippers? And now I don't have any slippers. And I've been looking for slippers. I said I was looking for slippers. And yet they're on his fucking feet. And he's like just walking around. What is going on with that? Oh, um, he scheduled a car appointment for a car. He dropped a car off the Saturday before Easter with the expectation that they were going to work on it on Easter. And when you told him... Anybody going to work on a fucking car on Easter? He was like, yes, they are, yes, they are, yes, they are. And then they did not work on his car on Easter, so now he doesn't have a car. And now, like, like he's, and now, like, you have to redo your schedule. And, like, you're a person that lives on schedule and you don't like to change things. And change, like, hurts you and, like, physically hurts your body when things have to change. Because you like the shit planned out. And, like, you're not a flexible person in any way, shape, or form, physically or mentally. Like, that's just not who you are. And yet, now you have to be flexible because he's doing all this stuff. And then he said he was going to cut the board chops, but he didn't cut the board chops. And he was like, let's go to a Chinese food buffet. And a Chinese, buffet, a Chinese food buffet costs $136 fucking dollars for five people when you have board chops at the house. And then, and then your kids ran all over the Chinese food buffet, and now you're probably guys all going to have COVID. Like, shit just happens. And then I get my feel, and then I whip around my head and go, listen here, motherfucker. And I have to cuss him out. Then he resets and everything's good. So, you know, things get off the track a little bit. You know, you just let it happen for a minute. Then it's probably about three months. It's ready for his cuss out. Listen, it's not efficient. It's how I get it done. All right. Um, I, I should talk more about the fact that if 27-year-old me married my husband, right? Love him, love him to death, to his death, and then I will move on with my life (laughs) but 42 about to be 42 year old princess would have never married him would have never went on more than two dates with him 
Because who I am now and what my tolerance for things is now and what my and how important it is for me to avoid conflict and pileups and like just like people getting on my nerves, I would avoid him. Like there's just too much to compromise on. There's just too much to talk about. There's just too much in all ways that if 42-year-old princess would never have married him. Maybe she'd fuck him a little bit. But she wouldn't let him even lay, like, she he couldn't stay over more than two nights. Because fundamentally, there are lots of things that are about us that are very different. And at 42, my patience is low. At 27, my pa- I was like, ah, people change. I don't know. There are workarounds. Also, I don't really know this motherfucker and we always, we already live together. I'm like finding out little surprise shit every day, which is why you don't move in with someone after two weeks of knowing them. And yeah, 27 year old me had a lot of time. She was willing to go a little further. She had more energy. Her bones didn't hurt. So she was like, I guess I could do this. 42 year old me is like, girl, I have two seconds left on this earth. I cannot spend one second explaining to you once again how much I cannot eat, see, or hear about stewed chicken. And I will throw up. Do not make that. Do not serve that to the children. Do not put dishes from that meal in the sink and expect me to handle them because I will not. I will vomit. And then three weeks later, he does it again. He's like, I, I, what are you talking about? I thought you loved stew chicken. No, you didn't. Not 15 years. No, you fucking, you know I hate it. Like, but that, but, like, when I talk about that, people sometimes think that means, oh, Princess thinks she's in a bad marriage. I do not. I have a really good marriage. Uh, I, <laughs> I think my husband's funny. He doesn't think I'm funny, guys. My husband does not think I'm funny. He does not think I tell good jokes. He don't like my stories. My husband does not like my stories. A lot. He'll be like, that didn't happen. I'll be like, it happened. You were there. He'll be like, I don't remember that. <laughs> like that time I hit that blind guy with the car because I was in a fight with him. And I went to the Walmart. And I was, you know, I'm a slow driver anyway. And I'm like making the turn. And technically he has the right of way, but he's not in the street. So I'm making the turn, then he gets in the street, he runs out into the street, and I end up clipping him with my car, but I'm, but like, I'm doing like five miles, I'm not driving fast, right? So, but I still get out, and I'm like, yo, are you okay, are you okay, man? Like, I didn't mean, like, I tapped you with the car, or what's going on? And I turn around, and then I realize he's blind, and he's also talking on a phone, and he starts to cuss me out, and I was like, yo, you don't, you only got four senses, man. You, you only got four senses left. You can't be on the phone and trying to cross the street if you can't see. Your sense of touch is not going to help us here. That's how we got into this. That's why I ended up hitting you in my car. And you don't have a right to cuss me out. I'm trying to check on you, bitch. And then he was like, you don't know how to fucking drive. You need to do this. You need to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I dare you to get back in this, uh, I dare you back in this crosswalk so I can fucking hit you again. And like, we got into it. And that's like the second time I had a fight with a blind person. And so, and like, he does not believe that happened. Even though 
there is a scratch there was a scratch on the car when I got home and we'd already been in a fight and I come in the house I'm like listen there's a little scratch on the fucking car uh it's not my fault or it is my fault because I hit a blind guy in a crosswalk like two blocks from the fucking house but I didn't hit him that hard and I'm only taking I'm only taking 52% of the blame on this shit He's got to take 48%. Now, do, now is 52% more? Yes. So, like, like I guess in a court of law, I'm at fault. Okay? But in the grand scheme of things, like, in the world, in the moral, in the, in the, in the, in the streets, which is where we were when this happened, <laughs> he is, he also has to take some blame for this. Because if you can't see, you got to get off the phone. You got to be able to hear shit. And you cannot, Here's another thing. The crosswalk was red. But he didn't use the little ding, you know, the little button you push. He didn't use that. So that's like not my fault. Okay, wait. It is my fault. But only slightly more than his fault. And if we were to like round it out, 52% rounds down to 50, 48% rounds up to 50. So it's both our fault. So we we're like equally responsible. First of all, he doesn't believe this story happened, even though there was a scratch out there. He thinks I scratched the car and, like, did don't want to admit it. Two, he does not think my telling of that story is funny. Three, he doesn't find me that charming. I have to be honest. He's always like, princess, princess. <laughs> he does not... He, <laughs> he finds the fact that I find M&Ms and baked goods to be tacky and low rent to be ridiculous. But I don't know what happened. I don't know what situation I was in where somebody gave me a cookie with an M&M in it and it felt low rent, but it does. Do, like, if I want M&Ms, I will eat M&Ms. What's wrong with this cookie that we had to put M&Ms on top of it? What's wrong with this? It just feel like you had a nasty cookie and you was like, I need to like do something with this. And you threw a bunch of shit on it. That's what M&Ms and cookies look like. M&Ms and brownies, terrible. Why am I talking about this? Oh, my husband thinks that's nonsensical. He doesn't think I'm funny, but he thinks I, but he thinks <laughs> he's very concerned about my safety and whether I've eaten enough and where am I going and why can't he go there with me? I find him to be very funny. <laughs> why am I talking about this? I really do love my husband, but I think it's, I think it's not. I think it's not unfair of me to say to myself, knowing who you are at 42, you would not have chosen him. Like knowing what you know now, if you knew that at 27, you would not have married him. You would have been like, we can just fuck, man. We can just hang out. We can just laugh together. We can play God of War together. There's a new God of War coming out. Have I ever told you guys? I am intensely sexually attracted to a video game character named Kratos and not the updated one with the beard and and the, the with the like and the thickness. I'm attracted to Kratos from God of War 2. Look it up. It's fucking hot. Love him. Um and that we play games together and we will do things like just go to Target and have a good motherfucking time there. Like yeah, we could do all those things, but I would never marry you because I know that you will never check the mail ever in your entire life and our house will be foreclosed on and the sheriff will be at the fucking door and you'll be like, we did get a bunch of packages that said open immediately. 
get the fuck out that house. But I just, I don't know. I left him in my car. Like, I would never. <laughs> and I just want to be real about that. And so, why am I talking about this? Oh, I have to yell at my husband sometimes. And so, like, I have tried the reason. <laughs> I need to restart this and, like, re-record this shit. I really do. Okay. <laughs> but I do not have time. So, <laughs> we just got to live with it. Um, the, I, I had to, like, kind of, like, take things down a notch. I come from a long line of yeller, yelling-ass women, loud-ass women. And I had to kind of be a little bit more quiet because my voice just was straining. And it just is what it is. I did my best. My kids really tried to help me. Uh, and I just spent the, the weekend, like, resting my voice and stuff. And now it's Tuesday. And I want to record this podcast for you guys. The thing is, though... I got cleaners coming, right? I know. Bitch is bougie, isn't she? She over here got some cleaners coming in the house. But as I've told you guys, this is the treat yourself year, right? And it's treat yourself like you would treat anybody else. And also, as a whole, my, like, I have been working for years on my attitude toward money and, like, not psyching myself up that I'm going to be thrown back into poverty any second now. And the fact that I got a 99 cent fucking spicy nuggets from Wendy's is the reason. You know what I mean? Like money is a tool. You use it to make your life easier. That's what it has no moral attachment to it. It has it is none of that. It's just an object, a tool to be used to make your life easier. And then making your life easier means paying your rent so your ass don't get kicked out. Buying food so your ass can still live. Paying for cable so your ass don't have to try to torrent the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And you can just look on your fucking DVR and less stress. And so, like, I've been working on that. Like, today I have junk removers coming. Because my husband found four twin box springs and a twin mattress in our attic. Found implies we didn't put them up there. They belong to us. I don't know why why they're up there. I thought they were gone. But he put them in the attic. So what I would normally do is I would wait till my kids went to school. Or I wait till the middle of the night. Right? Lay the seats flat in my van. Put all that shit in my van. Ride around looking for a dumpster to illegally put the shit in. Because here's the thing you don't under, you don't know when you when you have a home. They don't pick up shit out there. When I had an apartment, I just throw the shit over there by the dumpster and they have to deal with it. Here, they have to pick up things. And in my in my town, they don't have bulk trash pickup. What they have is a dump that you can make an appointment to and drop things off to. And you can do that twice a year per residence. And we always got some shit. I don't know why. I think it's because we've been like replacing furniture and like trying to like get better stuff. So that requires me to break the law in a minivan. I just feel like in a minivan, you need to be able to straighten fucking arrow. Straighten arrow? Straighten narrow. But that requires me to go to like a hood apartment complex 
and drop off these mattresses. And I would have to go to more than one because, like, how am I going to unload five of these things? I'd probably have to do it in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'd lose sleep, time, gas, and energy. And instead, I now have in my number a husband and wife team who pick up junk for you. I put it on my side yard. I text them. They're coming to get it. And when they're done, they'll tell me how much it costs to remove it. They'll And send me a Venmo request and I'll fucking pay it. I've got an idea of how much I want to pay. I told them that. So it'll be fine. But old me would have been like, you can't waste money doing that because you're going to need it because tomorrow your house is going to burn down, princess. And new me, well, same me trying things differently, is saying, is this worth X amount of dollars to you? Calculate how much time, energy, gas. You want to do a lot of things. There are not enough hours in a day for you to even live your life. Now you're going to add this to it? Okay, turns out there is a price. Get somebody to pick that up. Get some fucking help. Same with the cleaners. They come at, you've only been once. They're going to they're gonna come every other week. And they're going to deep clean my kitchen, my bathroom. They're going to get all my floors. I have a lot of floors. Mopping my floors. They vacuum floors. They remake the kids' beds. I don't know why. Like the kids need to make their own fucking beds. They arrange things. They dust things. They clean the windows. They air out the house. They clean. So that now, on Sundays, I still clean, right? We still tidy up every day. We clean up after, we clean up after ourselves. We have the children and the adults have tidy down routines, which is just like, you know, what's a tidy down routine? I, I, I know people think I'm weird. Um, a tidy down routine is is just like you are about to go to bed let's straighten up you are about to go to i'm about to feed everybody you've been playing in your rooms tidy down so that if you left out of this room and you had to walk out of this house right now this would be presentable enough for somebody to walk through it i've like heard people talking about how they can't get their kids to like clean their rooms and stuff like that or they they get to the point where their rooms are like just tipping point dirty and I'm telling you make a tidy room requirement to come down and eat kids eat all fucking day don't worry don't worry don't worry we're not they're not gonna starve you're not asking for it to be perfect you're just saying could could you get this shit off the floor look under the bed is there something under the bed there's stuff that pull those out put them where they belong then I walk through I'm like go eat go eat go eat go eat like I tell each kid to go eat as as I check out, it makes things different. So we still do those things. And on Sunday mornings, I still have one project for myself, one project for the big kids, one project for little kids, and one project for my husband. We we wake up, I listen to Feathers in My Hair. I'm Lately, I've been listening to my own podcast, and I don't know what the fuck I said on there. I listen to, I'm still listening to Dateline, guys. I finally got out of 2019. I'm in the 2020. It's going to be, how many days a week are they putting out this fucking show? <laughs> and I do something. Like, I, I I got a couple little chores and I got one little project. And it shouldn't take, this cleanup shouldn't take more than two hours. Tops of everybody doing something. 
kids are also folding their clothes during that time because their laundry's done. So they're folding their clothes and putting it back. They're also looking in their dressers and just like, if a little airy, I'm not saying pull out all your clothes and fold them. I'm saying, does that look messy? Okay, why don't you take out the three things that look messy, refold them, and put them back. Doing that, and as they finish, they go out to play. As they finish, they go out to play or they go play their video games or whatever. I'm still doing that on Sunday mornings. But what I'm not doing is I'm not running through the house going, oh my God, when was the last time the grout in the shower was cleaned? When was the last, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I really need to get all this shit off the counters and like really clean these counters. Oh my goodness. I haven't mopped the floors in three fucking weeks. I got two dogs, five kids, and two adults. One of us is messy as fuck. It's not me. And... <laughs> And like, we need to mop these fucking floors because if we don't do it regularly, they'll build up until the floors are disgusting and, and your feet stick to them. And it's like you're in quicksand. We have to do it regularly. And now I don't have to do that. Now on Wednesday, when I come back from Wednesday's, um, the day when I've usually had a busy day, like tomorrow I'm getting my dreads retwisted. Um, I also have physical therapy. I got to work throughout the day. Then I got my, two of my kids have tutoring at the school. So they got to stay at the school and I got to pick them up exactly when they get out of tutoring to haul ass to the YMCA because Bunny has gymnastics class. Um, by the way, she just mastered her back bend kickover and she is fucking unstoppable. <laughs> I'm so proud of her. And like, she could not do it for so long, for so long. And I just kept saying, it's not about whether or not you can do it. It's about whether or not you are willing to keep trying. Just practice. Not all day. Not till you cry. Not, not, till, you, not till your head hurts. Practice a little each day. Set aside an hour and practice. Just keep trying. Look at how other people are doing it. Look at some YouTube videos. I showed her a couple of YouTube videos of people explaining how they do it. And she, she figured it out. She was so surprised when she fucking did it. Because she was practicing... In the living room while we were all watching TV and my husband was cooking and I was walking around with the dog or whatever. And she was practicing and she kept not doing it. And then suddenly she just did it. And we all screamed. <laughs> we're like, you fucking did it. That was it. And then she did it five more times. And then we told her to stop because her head hurt. And so, <laughs> but like, I'm really proud of her. Not, I keep saying not for the back bend kickover. Not really. I'm proud that like. There was something you wanted to do and you had the fucking balls, the cojones, the eggs, okay? Stop using gendered terms for positive things. <laughs> you had all the gumption in the fucking world and you did it. You went from A to B on nothing, but you trying a little bit and not giving up. Super proud of you. Anyway, she's got gymnastics Right after gymnastics, soccer practice starts for my 11 and 10 year old. So I'm at the YMCA for three hours. If we count, if we count like back and forth, because depending on traffic, maybe three hours. I can set aside three hours. And then I gotta come home. I don't get home till till 7, 7:30. My husband either my husband usually cooks. Or if he gets home, he has to drive past the YMCA, he'll stop and get my uh kids that don't have it like my younger kids who don't have to practice that day and bunny who's done with gymnastics so he'll pick them up and take them home and then cook and like get started on showers and all that but like it's a busy day 
And at the end of that day, I do not have to go, okay, what's a quick cleaning thing I can do so that it doesn't pile up on me? I don't have to. I walk in the house. I lay on the couch after my tough day. And I watch, I don't know, Drag Race. I've been uh, on Paramount Plus. They got all the All-Stars. I've been rewatching the All-Stars. I'll watch that. I'll, I'll dick around some book. I'll get on TikTok. Guys, I want to talk about this. On TikTok, I look a bit every day, right? Because I'm really trying to get this algorithm to understand me. Because I do find videos that I do like. I'm like, ooh, what? You're building a barn. I want to see about that. How would you get that wood from? How much did they cost? Oh, what are the steps of that? You got a six-part video? Into it. Let's talk about it. What? Organize, organizing stuff? Love it. I don't like the ASMR one where, they, where you just hear people clicking and popping and doing it. I don't like that at all. I'm like, why would I want to hear this? Um, I like the ones where they're like, look how dirty my closet was. This is what I did to clean it. Or I like clean with me. I really like clean with me. Where people are like, you know what? I got this many kids and this many dogs and my husband ran off with a stripper. This is what my kitchen looks like. Let's clean it. And they start cleaning and I'm like, yeah, clean that up. Soothing to see that you've cleaned that up. This might be why I'm really attracted to those show hoarders. We need to like look into that. Somehow I got on TikTok of like childhood trauma where people are like, remember that time? My mom left me at a bus stop. I'm like, girl, no. Why are you telling me this? Like, I don't, there's, I forget her name, but there's particularly one girl whose stuff I'm seeing a lot. Who like, I believe she's adopted. So she had an adoptive mother who was like hell on wheels to her, ruined her fucking life. Only treated her bio parents to think her bio kids to like only nice to buy her kids made her terrible guys this is not unusual this is not unusual people adopt kids and hate them i'm I'm not being i'm i mean people also adopt kids and adore them and people also adopt kids that are just mediocre parents that are fine no big but i'm saying like like when you think about the amount of time and usually lots of money it takes to adopt a child why you would adopt a child you do not like and you have no intention of taking care of and no intention of caring for i don't know but people do it so it's not it's not that i'm like oh my god it's It's just that i'm like i cannot watch video after video of you talking about terrible things that happen to you i saw a video where somebody's foster kid was like videoing as she was being removed from a foster home and she was really fucking upset about it. She was like, these are the only people that have ever been nice to me. These are the only people that, these are my real parents. They take care of me. And they're taking me back to my bio parents. And I don't want to go. CPS. I saw, I was like, girl, why did they let you film this? And also, this is sad. This is sad. I'm also getting a lot of like, um, step parent content. I know TikTok, like, listens to you, right? I your phone listens to you, right? But I know TikTok in particular has a lot of privacy issues. And I know that I am a step parent. And I did, was talking to someone at my job who was thinking about dating someone with two kids. She's young. She's like 26. And she's like, I don't want to be a stepmom though. And I was like, bet 
you don't have to be a stepmom. Dating is not marrying someone. You are not taking on their kids. All when you see that kid, you just dap them up, ask them do they want some ice cream, and and hang out. That's I'm a step parent. That's what I do. I just we text. My stepkid sends me pictures of tattoos they're gonna get, and I'm like, that's fire. And like, I let their mom be like, how many fucking tattoos you gonna get? Where did you get the money for the tattoo? You said you was gonna move out. You that's mom and dad's. That's mom and dad's problem. I'm stepmom. I think that tattoo was cute, girl. <laughs> what you wanna? What you wanna go to? Uh, to the zoo? Yeah, I'll pick you up and take you to the zoo. I don't care. Well, you're supposed to go to work that day and you didn't call out. You might get fired. Shh. Well, I'm sure your mom's going to have something to say about that. I don't do any of that shit because I'm a step parent. I'm a support parent. I support parents, bio parents. So what I do is I show love to this kid. I let this kid talk to me. I, I'm chill with this kid. I, I like ask them questions and I treat them like a fucking human being, which is, I mean, how you should treat all children, to be honest. But it's very hard when it's your kid, you know, cause you have all these like expectations and wants and scares and fears. But me, I saw, I was explaining to my friend at work. I was like, girl, you just dap that baby up, ask them do they want a cookie, turn on some cocoa melon. And when shit gets hard, you leave that to the bio parents. Bio mom comes around and be like, Hey girl, how's it going? Mm-hmm. What? They you want to make sure they don't they they're not allowed to eat McDonald's today. You know what? Let me tell their daddy. All right, I'll let them know. Cause you know whatever y'all want to do with y'all kids is fine by me. Y'all want to go to Wendy's? Like I, that's what I do, okay? <laughs> and I just keep it I just keep it funky. So I had that conversation. I was like, was my phone listening to me? Cause they keep giving me all this step parent content, like, and it's always, um. My boyfriend's baby mama is a bum and she don't do nothing and she get all the child support and then where I am taking care of her kid, putting some fruit snacks in his backpack. So now I'm his real mother. I'm like, that is not what that means. <laughs> it only means that uh, somebody was supposed to put fruit snacks in this baby's knapsack and his daddy did not for whatever reason investigate that why didn't he do it it's his kid and then you got you either were asked to or decide or volunteered to that does not make you this child's mother but okay i understand i see where you're coming from you talk you talking about how you you doing stuff and you feel like the baby mama's a bum fine or then it's somebody being like listen just because you taking the dick from my baby dad does not make you this baby's mother i'm his mother you think you're someone so you Ruined our family. You're a fucking bitch. And I'm like, how did I get here? How did I get here? I don't care about none of this. And so, like, I've been trying to work on my algorithm. And if you guys have suggestions for me to get out of childhood trauma TikTok, let me know. I want to get back to, um, you know... Let me show you an easy way to arrange your persons in your closet so that they don't take over everything. That's what I want to get to. I don't want any skits of any sort, certainly by any white men. I don't want no white men skits, no couple skits. If it's got country music in the background, I keep going. I got scroll. 
flip. Next. Whatever we got to do. Get get out of here. But it's still happening. And, like, I don't want any mom jokes. Would they be like, that moment when you, when, when your whole life is ruined because you let some guy skeet up in you. And now you have to do, and now everything's ruined. I'm like, girl, why is everything wrong? What's wrong? I should be, I don't comment. I don't like nothing. I don't follow nobody. Right? I don't do any of that. So maybe I should do some of those things. But I should be like, why is your life ruined? Oh, because my baby spit up on me, blah, blah, blah. Your baby's only going to spit on you for like a little bit of time. Just wear raggedy shirts. It's going to be fine. Like... I don't like that kind of stuff because I think that people like exaggerate like some of the bad parts of of relationships and even like being like of like roles you have to play in relationship for laughs and then people take that as real and then like it's just diff I'm like girl is your life ruined I mean you at home making a TikTok 2 p.m. on a Tuesday like are you I don't know have you read the news lately have you flip on cnn msnbc like have you heard about what the fuck is going on in ukraine is your life ruined i don't know not that i want to downplay people's sadness guys i have been talking what have i been talking about oh cleaners are coming mm. using money as a tool they're coming they're supposed to be here at some point and i don't want them to hear me in here ranting about super nanny they're they don't come in this office at all um, because one, I don't want them to fall on the ground and die. Two, <laughs> I, I don't want to be charged extra. So me and my husband are still like moving things around and getting systems together. So there, it's pretty dirty in here at this moment, but it's, it's getting there. It's looking more and more like the way I want it to look. So I just like want to get this done. And for somebody who wanted to get this done, I definitely spent 33 fucking minutes, 34 minutes talking about nothing. So let's talk about this. Guys, this is the last palette cleanser before we start our new series. Um, I wanted to do something that was like a one-off and I was like, you know what? Super Nanny. Like, I love Super Nanny. Well, let me take that back. Super Nanny is back and I'm not watching it because it was really lightning in a bottle at the time. It was at a time when we were like, when we definitely wanted to see people show up and fix things. So like, Tabitha takes over. Love when Tabitha would be like, you asked me to come here. And like, it's just the way she says it. I think it's, that's how you say it in, in like Australia. Like, like I would be like, you, you don't want to ask me to come here. I would not say, I would like, you asked me to. I wouldn't say you asked me um, here. I wouldn't say it that way. But just the way Tabitha would say it. I loved her little cat eyes. She all like, she'd been like smoking a lot of fucking weed. And... I also loved when she would go to black salons and like I know that when you learn about hair you learn about all types of hair but I'm gonna also be honest that I don't let white people touch my hair and the reason I don't let white people touch my hair is because for the most part in my experience when people say that I have experience with your hair I find that they are like experience means I did one day at cosmetology school and it looked, how hard could it be? So when Tabitha would go to the black salons and she'd be like, oh, you're doing this for, I'm like, girl, Tabitha, do you, is she, is she doing, do you know how to do a hard freeze, Tabitha? Do you? Because <laughs> I don't think that you do. I mean, is there somebody behind the camera being like, she didn't use the right, uh, she didn't 
use the right uh, hairspray. Is someone telling you this, Tabitha? Now, I don't mean to doubt you. Tabitha came from a show called something about cut. You know what? Let me look it up. It was a, uh, a hair competition show that was a lot like um, Top Chef. Um, hair cut competition show. Bravo. Sheer genius. All right. I was absolutely wrong. <laughs> but still, she came from Sheer Genius, and I remember watching that. So, like, I really love Tabitha Takes Over. I love Dog Whisperer. Girl, I could watch Dog Whisperer all fucking day. All fucking day. And, like, when recently that one of his employees, like, when first when he got divorced, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly. Mm, he got divorced. Why? Let's talk about, like, well after I, my dog whisperer days. Then when he had that lawsuit where his employee said that she got bit by uh, Junior. And I'm like, I intimately know that dog even though I've never met him because I've watched him on TV lots of time. Daddy and Junior. Daddy was a Staffordshire uh, uh, Terrier, a pit bull, a very specific type of pit bull um, that was owned by Redman. And Redman was like, yeah, you can have him. Uh, dog whisper. Yeah, I can't. You can't have him because I'm not gonna fucking take care of him. And he's wild. So he would use him in his demonstrations. You guys remember when he was on Kathy Griffin's show and he had the dogs walking themselves? Do you guys remember that? I think. Let me do. I think he was on Kathy Griffin's show twice. Was it the other girl? Hold on. Kathy Griffin. I know y'all. Y'all like girl. Why are you googling on? Because I am. Because I am. Kathy Griffin, it's his husband. Guys, you remember her husband? <laughs> her husband. I had a friend who had the exact same type of husband. His name was also Matt. And like he did almost the exact same thing to her. And I was like, girl, do you want, it's like you and Kathy Griffin are twins. And she did not even know who the fuck I was talking about. Kathy Griffin, dog whisperer. That's what I should search. My life on the dog list. That's what it was called. Uh, Daddy was on there. Like, Daddy had them walking each other. And then Daddy was like... And uh, uh, Caesar had them walking each other. And, like, uh, I th I seem to remember Kathy, like, giving the double middle fingers behind his back. Like, fuck you. Like, you got your dogs walking each other. <laughs> and he, like, turned around. She's like, what? what? <laughs> but, yeah. Like, Daddy and Junior... Junior was a blue-nosed pit bull. Staffordshire Terriers, my understanding is that they're like fat. They're like, they look like they lift weights. <laughs> you know, they're fat pit bulls. And Junior was a little smaller, but he was just a baby when, and I think Junior was someone else. But when the, the, the employee sued him because Junior bit her and her daughter in the, because they let the dogs roam free, because I mean, that's the dog worshiper's whole thing um, in the office. And then she spilled the tea that Junior that they had killed they, that some other dog. Junior had bit a lot of people. And that some other, like Queen Latifah's dog. I, I might be remembering this wrong. Got hit by a car and they covered it up. And I was like, what did they say happened to him? That he 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 graduated and went off on his own? What the fuck did they say happened to the dog? Anyway, I remember when he went to go take care of Patty the Bell's special African dogs. Like, I used to love me some dog whisper. I used to love when they do the montage of how the dogs was real bad. The dog be biting people. Dog be jumping up in the air. Dog be ripping down fucking furniture. Dog would get in their car and drive off and not come back for three days. The dog be doing all kinds of shit. And then 
Caesar would get there in his, at the time, the word was metrosexual, right? Remember when we made up a term for men who have good hygiene? Remember that? But he's like, he's just a very like put together guy. His, you know, his facial hair is done very well. He had like that pretty gray hair and he just have like kind of a tightish shirt on. He's a little short. I believe he is, um, I believe, I know he's Latino, but it like, uh, Mexican, uh, like culturally, I'm not sure. But, um, and he just come in and he just like have his moves and he'd like do his head a certain way. It was just like really, I don't know. He just had a special way. And I also was like, like I was 80% like, this is the shit. Like he's like using the psychology of the mind. He would say that sometimes the psychology of the mind to do what he needs. And then I'd be like 20%. This is bullshit. Like, I think he's got treats in his fucking pocket. <laughs> I think he came over here. His assistant came over here and trained this dog for three fucking days. Or this is actually time lapse. They came back six months later. And now the dog's acting all. That's because he's been at the, the dog center for like six months. You know what I'm saying? And he'd always be talking about how dogs don't have dogs don't have like pity dogs don't dogs don't have pity stories they don't care about whether or not they were adopted from the from the shelter they don't care about what happened to them in the past they care about today which i actually do think is true like i don't think like my pups i don't think they're like we came from a hoarder house then we were with this white lady in texas then this black lady came to pick us up and then she brought us home to a bunch of really interesting looking children we're still trying to figure out how she knows them. <laughs> Look, I don't think that they're doing that. I think that they these dogs are obsessed with me because I feed them. I give them medicine. I take them out. And the kids do things. But, like, they are quite aware that I am in charge. So they're like, oh, shit, the lady with the food is here. <laughs> the lady with the treats showed up. Let's go. Let's go. I think that's what it is. But, I mean, you know, you don't really know what dogs are talking about. What was I talking about? Dog Whisperer. I used to love shows like that. Um, I think like Bar Rescue and that sort of thing is also, um, uh, or Kitchen Nightmares maybe, I'm not sure, is also like an offshoot of these types of shows. But there was a time when these shows were big. Um, and also Super Nanny like was also at a time that we just assumed that British people knew more than we did. If you had a little posh accent, we were like, okay, let's listen to them. And so, and oh, this is also at a time when the the major networks would just make the same show. Like if Fox had a show, CBS would just like copy it, call it something different and make the same show. So Nanny 911 was on the same time as Super Nanny. But Nanny 911 was a little different. Nanny 911 was um, a group, a co-op maybe of nannies and they would send the right nanny for the situation. They'd be like, this child draws on the wall let's send artist nanny i mean i don't i didn't really watch that show i couldn't get into it super nanny was my show and oh one more thing that was attractive about super nanny is also had this element of maury jerry springer when they had bad kids on you know when they would have kids on they'd be like i don't know i slept with my mom's boyfriend for a hot dog and i'm gonna do it again like that and then they have the boot camp people come out and try to scare them I went to Scared Straight. It's not like that. And so, so it's just not like that. And so, anyway, um, it's mostly like shenanigans. 
And it's like really hard to scare a child going to prison who has been visiting her father in prison since she was eight years old. It's like, I'm like, yeah, this is how you do it. I, I know exactly you. You want me to do the process or you? Like, it's really hard to like. But anyway, um, so it has an element of that, right? It has this element of like, um, we're going to like fix this problem. And at the end of it, we're going to be, we're going to understand, we're going to be experts on it too. There, there's a point where we all know how to cook because we watch Top Shelf. We all know how to make a collection because we watch uh, Project Runway. We all know how to cure drug addiction because we watched a million episodes of Intervention. Like, we think we know everything. And we all think we we're child-rearing experts when we were watching Super Nanny. And this is about the time that I fell in love with it. Um, she's back, and she definitely looks more Instagram-y and, like, they're contouring her face. But, I mean, she looks pretty good, actually. But... I haven't watched the new episodes at all. And it was so long ago that I actually don't remember this episode that we that I did, uh, that I watched. Um, it's season six, episode nine. It's the Howlin' Back family. Um, listen, they live in Mesa, Arizona. That seems to be a suburb of Phoenix based on, like, the conversation. Uh, these people are well off based on their house, okay? Uh, the mom's name is Kristen. There is no dad. Jordan six, Jaden's four, um, the grandparents, which aren't usually in these episodes, are Patricia and Cliff, who are 57 and 65. Uh, Patricia tells us that Kristen and the boys have lived with them for seven years, which, so obviously I start thinking about that right away. I'm like, okay, so they've lived with you for seven years. That means Kristen has lived with you since she was 18. Meaning forever, because... I'm assuming that you raised her and she lived there. So what happened is that Kristen got pregnant at 18 and like stayed home. And you guys were like, I don't know whether reluctantly or not, you were like, yeah, stay here, you know, and we'll help out with the baby. Then five years ago, Kristen got pregnant again, <laughs> which listen, uh, people's, uh, people's, um, parenting choices and like birth choices and things like that that's up to them but I would be salty if you lived in my home right and needed my care you could not financially afford to be self-sufficient or even like half sufficient meaning like you have a place but you still need me to like provide childcare or whatever and so you can't afford to live on your own you cannot provide all the care for your children you cannot contribute to this house, but you got pregnant again. I would be upset with you. And I think that's fair. I think it's also fair for Kristen to be like, I can do what I want. But I think it's fair for her parents to be like, yeah, but you're in our house. Like, you are adding on to the issue. Because the issue is that Kristen does work, but Patricia is a stay-at-home grandma, which I don't like because <laughs> I don't want to be a stay-at-home grandma. I legit do not want to raise some kids after I'm done raising kids. I can't. Like, I love my kids. I love the work of parenting, right? I love organizing clothes. I love uh, the nighttime routine of checking backpacks and doing... I love that shit. I love being like, okay, so you got this, you got that, blah, blah, blah. Hold on. Here's the schedule. This is what we're, how we're going to do this. I'll handle this. You go handle that. I love that shit. 
I don't want to be doing that shit when I'm 70 years old. <laughs> like, I don't care how much you like something. You don't want to be forced to do it. I would love... So when I'm a grandma, I'm going to be called lovey. I would love to, like, be like, lovey's here to help. <laughs> Buying shit. You know, playing Johnny Cocker whenever the kids are in trouble. Johnny Cochran, I'd be like, oh, the glove don't fit. You must have quit. They didn't do it. They're innocent. <laughs> like, I'd love to do that. But... I don't want to be locked into a day-to-day care for something because um, I have no other choice. And so, like, Patricia's shit look look worrisome to me. She's home all day. She's retired. She's retired. And I feel like what retired would want, what I want retired to look like to me is not this. So, <laughs> um... Cliff, when we talk about care, it's, we're talking about Patricia. Because Cliff, although we see him doing things, is it's not him that's doing the majority of the care. He's an Arizona businessman. He says he's in real estate, so I say Arizona businessman. Uh, he owns some apartment buildings that he does not keep up the code. Uh, he sells used air conditioners. He owns 10% of the Phoenix Suns cheerleading uh, B team. Like, he... Don't look too closely at his taxes. Don't look over here. Mm-mm-mm. And please do not check whose name this house is in. <laughs> That's what I think of when I see Cliff. Which is fine. I mean, he seems to be doing very well for himself. But uh, when I when I talk about a Florida businessman, an Arizona businessman, what I mean, though, is that these people often are up. And they've got, like, three Mercedes in the, in, in the driveway. And they can spend, they're, they're throwing it up. I think in Queen of Versailles type shit, okay? They're, they're, they're throwing it up. They're building a house that's way too big for anybody. Queen of Versailles is getting a, just got a new reality TV show. I gotta watch it. They're, they're getting, they're like doing all this shit. And then six months later, they're bankrupt. Everyone came to pick the cars. Uh, uh, this house is being foreclosed on. Um, turns out they, they, uh, Use your college fund to bet big on a set of Chinese-made dog poo um, Santas. This is a storyline on the Golden Girls. And they couldn't get through customs. So now, like, <laughs> that that's what I think of. When I think of, when I say Florida businessman, Arizona businessman, uh, Texas businessman. But I mean, like, um, they've also have something to do with selling an oil field that didn't exist. That sort of stuff. Um, that said, like Cliff seems to be, I don't know. He seems to be at his wits end with Kristen as well and feeling used, which I can understand. So we get a montage of Jordan and Jaden being bad as fuck. And they're screaming at people and throwing things. They kick, they curse at everybody. The oldest kicks Patricia in the butt. This is pretty much where I draw my line. Don't hit me. And it's, it's been like when I had foster kids, I'd be like, I'm willing to take on a lot of fucking different type of kids. But if I got to watch my back in my house, I'm not doing that. Don't hit me. Um, they're all over each other. They're wrestling. They're hitting each other. They're screaming. And like, let's keep in mind, because I did watch, read an AMA with somebody who'd been on the show. And, and just like from general knowledge, keep in mind, those kids probably do stuff like this. Do they do this in this order within 30 minutes? Probably not. But keep in mind that kids turn up, turn up, turn up 
when strangers enter the house. If a camera crew entered my house right now, my kids would be out of fucking control. They, it throws them off. Um, they often act like they're acting for cameras. Two, remember production needs to get this footage. So they put them in these positions to do these things. So like normally where I would not leave Jaden and Jordan in the room alone with one toy and allow them to hit each other with it. Like as soon as, as soon as there's a problem, I put the toy in timeout. I put the toy up and the toy has to go up for an hour and and we can play with it again after that once we've all calmed down and we've thought of ways to share it. That is a good alternative to timeout. Um, just so you know, if there's an object that is the center of a disagreement or some uproar, put the object in timeout. And it's so much, and rather than saying, what, you just lost your uh, switch. Mm. I'm taking this away from you. I walk over and I'm like, listen, seems like this switch is having a hard time getting along with everybody. So the switch is in timeout. And I put a timer on. I say, when, when the hour is done, we will let the switch come out and we will figure out a way that the switch can play with us all nicely. It is, I and like obviously older kids still understand that they've, something's been taken away from him, but you'll be, you'll be surprised at how, how broaching a subject without using accusatory tones towards a person changes how they react to what you're asking them to do. Like if you go into a work meeting and you say, you suck, you suck, you suck, you're cool, you suck. I'm telling you, the people who, whatever you, the people that said they suck, they, they no matter, even if you have good suggestions for how their behavior can change, they don't want to hear it because you start off with, you suck. That's not, the way you talk to people matters. So like, even though that's like a little young, the way I say that, and it's like a little cutesy and like, obviously you understand that uh, I'm taking something away from you if you're old enough to understand that. It's also like, I am centering the problem on this toy, not on you. I am not saying you're a bad person or that you are causing a problem. I believe the problem is caused by how this toy is being played with. And it changes things. I don't know. Anyway. But like production won't do that. They put them in positions to do that. Um, I, I've heard on the 911 that it was like absolute like fakery, fakery, fakery. And I'm sure depending on the episode we look at on Super Nanny, it's probably fakery as well. But in this particular episode, I believe Jaden and Jay and and Jordan can is it believable that this is how they act? Yeah, this is believable. This is not unusual. It's not wild that these children are cursing, <laughs> calling each other fuckers. That's not it's well, you probably say fucker around. They've definitely heard it. Or they heard like they heard a word and then they said it one time, and either you laughed or you had a big reaction, even if it was negative. Either way, it was attention, and now they're going to say it when they want your attention. Now, whenever they, like, right now, Bear Bear's, like, uh, his new word is butt. Everything's a butt. Everything's Mr. Butthead. Everything's booty. Every Like, and it's because people have big reactions to it. People tell him to stop. People say that's nasty, or they laugh. And so he, so... 
if he wants attention, he will do that. And so what I'm working with with my husband, because my husband, this is very hard for him, and with my kids and myself as well, my other kids as well, is that when Bear Bear says that, just turn away from him and stop talking to him. Leave the room if you need to. Ignore him. Don't even react to it. Just, you don't have to make a big scene like, I'm not talking to you. You just turn around, look at the TV, get busy with something else. It takes some practice. He has to stop getting the attention from it. Like me screaming, stop saying that. Stop calling people booty heads. Stop. <laughs> this is, is not going to do it because all he sees is like, I've got her attention. Look, everyone's looking at me. Um, you know, Patricia says they love the boys so much, but they're older and tired. And that's when Cliff tells us that Kristen makes it hard too. And that's when they pan over to Kristen while this stuff is happening. Kristen's just like watching everything. She's looking at her phone a lot. She's, she's just like, whatever. She's checked out. Um, I'll talk more about why I think Kristen's checked out. Uh, she says her financial situation means that she can't move out. Kristen says she doesn't respect her mom or the way her parent, her mom parents her boy, her boys. Guess what? Your mom's not supposed to be parenting your boys. Just you saying the way my mom parents my boys, there's a problem there. There is a problem. You're supposed to parent them. We see Patricia and Kristen picking at each other about how they handle the kids. Like they're like very Barb and Janelle, but like less spitting in each other's faces. You know, just like, you don't let me do this and you don't care about this. Nobody's screaming, leave me alone. But they are instigating, right? There are lots of things you can do that aren't necessarily wrong. You aren't in the wrong for doing them, but you are escalating the situation rather than de-escalating the situation, and that is wrong. That, or how about, let's not use the word wrong. That's not in your best interest. What do you want? You want peace? You want your mom to stop fucking with you? You wish that your relationship with your mom was better and that she did not criticize you all the time? Escalating situations doesn't get you that. It just lets you spread out, like, express your anger about something. Um, oh, no. I'm sorry. Something happened with my notes. Uh, shit. Oh, I found them. Thank God. I thought I deleted all my notes. I was like, going to be like, I cannot delay this episode another week. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Um, so Joe arrives. And remember this. This is how it normally happens. She gets a montage. She's in the back of some sort of car. Looks like an English taxi. I don't know. At the time I thought it was a PT Cruiser. Excuse me. I'm basic. I didn't know what that was. Um, and she's... The way the show presents, she's watching this this reel. This is things that they this is things they've recorded themselves when they applied to be on the show, and also things that they did when they went to go get like a um, uh, background like b reel b roll. So she's watching that, and the nanny Joe goes, "Don't worry, I'm on the way to help." To no one because none of those people are in the car with her. So 
sure. You just say that out loud. Okay, great. Hopefully they someone tells them. And when Nan, when her so they call her Nanny Joe. That's what I always call her anyway. Nanny Joe arrives. She is always dressed in the worst fucking fitting um skirt suit, right? It's real boxy. She's got big breasts, okay? When you have big breasts, if you sometimes just to cover your chest requires so much material that you look like you're swallowed in it and it makes you look bigger. It makes you look boxy. It makes it makes your shape worse. Like what you need to do is you need to contact Ayama Vanzant's um, people and find out what kind of undergarment she's wearing that she be sucked in and put in place. So you get make sure your undergarments are right. And she that shit needs to be tailored to her. That if she's gonna wear that, well, first of all, she shouldn't wear it. Okay, it's boxy. You got your breasts are too big for that. So, but if you are, you need to tailor it. You need to nip that shit in at the waist so that you look like you have some sort of shape so that you don't like a fucking square. And look at me giving out fucking advice like everything I own didn't come from Old Navy. I, guys, I finally got those wooden hangers, right? Remember, I always said I wanted wooden hangers, but I didn't think I was ready for them. And I didn't know how people got them. Turns out you just buy them. That's stupid. Princess, that was a dumb idea. <laughs> but I just bought some. I put, and I've been cleaning around my closet. I've, I share a closet with a messy man, okay? So, like, I've been working. He has so many shoes. I've been working on, like, a shoe system for him. And also, I want to replace some of his his clothes. And he's really nervous that I will, because I myself, I, I wouldn't call myself a minimalist, especially now that I have kids, but I consider myself minimal-ish, Okay. I don't like a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff stresses me out. So I like to keep what I'm going to, I'm constantly evaluating, am I going to use this? Will I use this in the next year? What like stuff like that. And trying to make sure that I, that I'm not like avalanche with stuff. I don't want to be hoarding things. My husband's the opposite way. He's afraid to lose things. Things, he's afraid that if things go away, he will not have a replacement for them. And he will just lose them. So one of the things we're working on is that like, I've agreed that we're going to go through his closet. My husband's weight has gone down a bit. Um, also, I, guys, my husband's just a New York guy. He's just a hood dude from New York. And he likes to wear basketball shorts under everything he owns. I don't know why. He also believes in undershirts, which is fine. I mean, not in Central Texas, but fine. And, but he sometimes wears two undershirts and then a shirt. So one of the things I'm working on with him, like I made him take off all those, these under things that he has on and then like put clothes on and how big his clothes are, how this makes him look bigger at all times and how the cut of things can make you look bigger. And so like, I want to get him out of boxy flowy stuff. I want to get him out of Family Guy t-shirts, which which he owns many, 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 just in case. And so what I've agreed to do with him is that, like, we'll go through things. And the things that we get rid of because they're torn, they don't fit you, um, you would never in your life wear again, we'll get rid of. And I will write down what we get rid of so that we will find a replacement for. So we give up 40 stained, torn t-shirts. I will get you 40 undershirts. 40 not stained, 
40 not torn, 40 slim t-shirts so that they actually work as undershirts and they're not regular shirts that you're making an undershirt that then adds bulk to what you're wearing. Like, so we've been going through this. Um, he has a bunch of jerseys. My husband used to be a jersey guy. He doesn't do that anymore. He's grown out of that shit, but he does not want to get it with his jerseys. So I said, what if we archive them? And he's like, what the fuck does that mean, princess? I was like, that's what people who have really nice clothes that they can't wear again, like like fashionistas, <laughs> people who have like fashion clothes, like drag queens and shit, they archive their clothes. What they do is they get them cleaned, they store them very neatly and label them and put them away because these are sentimental to them. They mean something, but they're not, we're not going to, we need them in the closet for. You're not going to wear these jerseys ever again. You don't, you don't roll like that anymore with an undershirt and a fucking jersey. This is years and many, many, many moons ago that you did that shit. So we're working on it. But now that I have these wooden hangers, guys, my fucking clothes, like I paid more than $19.99 for them. Everything that I go, I'm like, girl, where did you get this from? A posh boutique? No, Walmart? Okay. <laughs> By the way, Walmart has these swing shift dresses, right? They're sleeveless. They've got... They swing so they're not they're not body hugging and they got pockets and they have them in seven million colors and they're nine dollars each. And if you live in a hot area and you gotta go to work, you throw on one of these bitches, a pair of sandals, and a cardigan because the cause the office sometimes gets cold, you look professional. You look perfect, you look like you got dressed. You do you didn't you just got on a black and white striped swing dress from fucking Walmart. I got a million of them. They're great. They've got a line called Time and True. Every year I clean those bitches. I got so many of those dresses. But I don't have have as many as I like. But I got enough that complete a work summer wardrobe. And I don't wear the same thing every day. And people think I got dressed. And I look business casual. I'm cool. And and when I say cool, I mean in terms of temperature. Because I ain't never been the other type of cool in my entire life. But... I look put together. Try it out. Anyway, that $9.99, that $9.99 dress from fucking Walmart, put it on a wood hanger. People are like, damn, where you get that from? Anyway, why am I talking about this? Oh, I'm talking about this boxy ass shit that she's got on that she wears the first day. Nanny Joe always wears the first day. And it's because British people and American eyes are always stiffer and more formal. And I guess in a lot of ways they are, right? Ugh. In terms, especially in terms, like, America definitely has a a, a, a caste system, okay? I want to say class, but I, it really is a caste system. It definitely does have that. There's just more movement in between them. And then they have in older countries, right? There's more movement available. And it's really powered by money a lot of times. So, uh, but England can be a little more, for, Brits can be a little more formal about things. And so... When she shows up, she's a British nanny. And so she looks terrible, by the way. She looks fucking terrible. I just want to like make that clear. Um, so, you know, right away, um, Kristen's at work. Patricia's alone with the kids. Cliff is out committing fraud, some type of white, white collar fraud. Um, right away, the little one, Jaden, doesn't want to eat lunch. So he's screaming no and running away. And Patricia's like chasing him and like trying to force him to eat this peanut butter and jelly. Baby, do not force children to eat food. Do not. 
And I'm not saying if people have to be able to listen to their bodies. If he was hungry and you said, you want this peanut butter and jelly sandwich? He would knock over anybody in his way to get to that fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But he's not hungry. And who knows why he's not hungry? Maybe he ate fucking breakfast an hour and a half ago. I wouldn't be hungry either. Maybe they snack a lot in between. Like you can just go get chips or whatever. So if I eat a big ass bowl of cereal at 10 o'clock, and then I also had a bag of chips at 11, and now it's noon, and you're talking about come get this peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm over here playing. Bitch, I don't want that. I'll let you know when I'm hungry. So, like, do not argue with children about eating. You just say, you know, you eat what you want. Are you hungry? We're going to eat at noon. Are you hungry right now? All right? You're not hungry? Okay, don't worry about it. So, if I put the shit in the microwave in case they get hungry later. Is that a black thing where you just, like, cover food and put it in the microwave to keep it so it doesn't, like, no vermin get to it? I don't have vermin in my house, but I don't want them either. So, like, I don't like to leave food out. And, like, making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich cold seems like it make it very inappetizing. So I would put, like, a napkin over the plate, and then i put it in the microwave. And then if he came back to me within an hour or so and was like, I really want this sandwich, I'd be like, here it is. Take it. I think forcing kids to eat and eat at a special time, a, a certain time, like, it wastes your energy. Like, why do you want to, why do you, you have so much shit to do. Why do you want to argue with him whether he's hungry? You can't put the food in his mouth and chew. And hungry people eat usually. Now, that said, it's up to you as a caretaker of a family, of a child to be like, okay, he's never hungry at noon. Because the way we wake up, he just had breakfast. So I don't have to eat lunch at noon. We can eat lunch at two if that's what it works for all of us. And also, he doesn't like peanut butter and jelly. So why would I keep making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Okay, I got five kids. Most of them like peanut butter and jelly. All right, I, I'm not a I'm not a short order I'm not a short order cook. I don't I don't work at the Waffle House. There's no menu with this bitch. So I try to make things people like, right? So peanut butter and jelly, lots of people in my house like it. A couple of people don't. They don't. Excuse me. They don't hate it. They can eat it, but it's not their favorite. So when I make peanut butter and jelly, I say to myself, All right, listen. I made the one that Bunny liked today. What does Cheeks like to eat? He likes to eat noodles for lunch. Okay, I'll I'll do ramen noodles tomorrow. Even though I fucking hate noodles. I think it's a cheap meal. I feel like I'm not doing my best when I'm feeding my fucking kids noodles. But um, that's cool. Like, I can do noodles w- one lunch, you know? I'm taking into account people's preferences. Cheeks doesn't eat spicy food, neither... Um, the two little ones are starting to like spicy food. Like we're a spicy family. Don't are starting to like spicy food, but not too much, not too much now. So that means that if I'm trying to get some spicy, like we love fried cabbage up in this bitch and we like it spicy. If I'm making spicy cabbage, I'm not going to get mad at cheeks because he doesn't want any. Why would I? I know what he likes. So instead I'm going to make sure there's enough for, I'm only going to make enough for the people who want to eat it. And I'm going to make sure there's an alternate vegetable. That is a little extra work, but I know what I'm doing when I do that. You, like, making whatever you want to eat and then trying to force people to eat it, even though it's clear they don't like it, is kind of cruel, to be honest. And it's a waste of energy to chase a child around to eat. They will eat when they are hungry. So, only rule in this house is, 
I don't care if you eat or not. Please don't take more food than you're going to eat. We went to a Chinese buffet the other day because of reasons. And the kids were going to get the food. The older kids can get their own food. And I was like, listen, this is all you can eat. But it is wasteful to get food that you have no intention of eating. So, and sometimes you look at food, you want it right now, right? Then you get over here and you're like, oh. What I would suggest you do is get a little of everything you want, right? You come back, you eat it. I'm not saying you got to clean the plate. We're in a fucking buffet. That will, that will be like too much. But if you really, if you're like, dang, I really want my, my son was eating a uh, crawfish because he's a weirdo. I really like crawfish. I had like three or four crawfish. I got some vegetables. We asked them to make sure to put vegetables on their plate. They did. I, I got some vegetables. I got, you know, a little bit of everything, but I want more crawfish. Don't worry. There's more over there. You can go begin another plate. But let's not waste food. And I say that with the kids at home too. How much do you want on this plate? I'm not putting a lot of food in this plate. We can always get more later. And then if you do not eat your food, there is no dessert. There is no way. There, there. We don't have a way for you to be full from eating dinner, but ready to have dessert. Even though I know how that is. Me too, babe. Me too. I could be not hungry until I see a peanut butter cup. And I'm like, I definitely need that. But I'm trying to instill the idea that Desserts are sometimes foods, not all the time foods, in a way that wasn't instilled in me. Which is fine. My kids all like vegetables. They all want vegetables first. They order salads when we go out to eat. They're they're fucking weirdos. It's fine. But we don't that's my only rule. If you don't eat your food, you can't have dessert. Whether dessert is watermelon or cake or Easter candy, you can't you can't have it. So I'm sorry. And but the choice is yours. If you don't want to eat this, it's fine. I think that. Chasing Jaden around, trying to force him to get to this table is like a bad idea. Especially if he's not doing something that is destructive or unsafe, right? So what's he doing? He's just sitting over there playing with that stupid truck? All right. Eat, eat lunch. Pick your fucking battles. Um, my dad always said that hungry people do not have dietary restrictions once or anything like that. He grew up very poor in which times he did not have anything to eat. He said, when you are very hungry, you eat what, what's there. Even stuff you never thought you were going to eat before. And although I don't think he, I think that's very simplistic. Um, dietary restrictions are real. <laughs> I don't know if dietary restrictions are real. Uh, just because you're forced to eat something that is outside of your dietary restrictions does not mean that, that that's proof you don't have any. <laughs> it just means that you are, you, you want to live. So, but I do believe in general, he's right. If like, when people are hungry, they tell you, they're like, where is the food? <laughs> so. And if I bet you if I had Jaden for a couple of days, I bet you he'd eat lunch because he'd be like, damn, this bitch don't give out chips at 2 p.m. This bitch does not just let me eat random ass candy. This she There are some meal times around here. And if I say I don't want to eat this, she's going to be like, see you at the next meal. He will he would eat his peanut butter and jelly. Maybe not all of it, but he'd eat it. Um, I'd also... Um, like after lunch is nap time in my world, why ever we're home, whether it's summer or it's a holiday or pandemic, after lunch is nap time. So like, I would have just been like, all right, Jaden, you don't have to eat this peanut butter. You ready for your nap? And he, and I'll nine times out of 10, they'll be like, no, 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 I'm hungry. Give me food. <laughs> so apparently Kristen and Patricia argue a lot and Kristen doesn't do anything at home she doesn't pay rent Patricia says she she was like that all her life and I'm like okay so why is that like so this is really interesting this happens a lot right where 
you raise a child a certain way. That they don't have to do anything at home. You know, pretty lazy. They don't have any ambition. They And it's not just like being not self-motivated. Because some people have, people have different levels of motivation. And like, there is no right or wrong. However, a person that won't do anything for themselves... That's a question. So you raise her like that and you have this relationship with her like that. And now you have her kids and you're raising them and you expect them to be different. And let's talk about the foundation you had with Kristen. And this is a Janelle and Barb thing again, right? Barb is like, Janelle's that, Janelle's that. And she's right. She's right about that. But also you're this and you're that. And part of the reason, some of this stuff that reason Janelle is this and that is because you're that and this, you know? So like... Let's let's take our part in this. Um, she Kristen was like that because that's how you let her be growing up. She seems like an only child, maybe, maybe not. Maybe she's got siblings that like moved on with their lives. That's possible too. But she seems pretty spoiled, and that's like who spoiled her? You did. Patricia says that Kristen will threaten her and says that she has to leave. That she'll never see those boys again which I can understand how hard that is because she's been with them their entire lives. She cares very much for them. She's with them more than anybody else. And to have someone be like, yeah, I'll leave and you'll never see these kids again is tough. I mean, <laughs> my mom's kind of like, so I don't negotiate with terrorists when it comes to children. Like I listen to people. I try to compromise with people. I try to... I think of my end goal and how I get there. And sometimes that means being like, okay, you can do this. I don't care. If you do, if we're going to get you here, we'll do this. But if you talk to me like a terrorist in which you tell me you're going to blow this shit up. If I don't do blah, 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 blue, I don't negotiate with terrorists. Blow the shit up. Blow it up. Go ahead. See what that, and I got that from my mom. My mom is like that. She like, do not give her an ultimatum. If you give her an ultimatum, you already know what the answer is. Okay, then do it. Let's see you. I saw a TikTok with this lady. They were arguing and, and a woman pulled out a gun. They were in Texas. A lot of people got guns here, guys. They'll be arguing with people at the fucking Walmart. Uh, she pulled out a gun. And this woman said, I don't give a fuck about that gun. You pull out that gun, you better use it. Shit. <laughs> and I was like, that is extreme. I don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> But for the most part, that's how I feel. And so if I had said that to my mom, why well, leave here, you'll never see these kids again. She'd be like, promise, get out. <laughs> like, and I feel the same way. Don't threaten me. Don't threaten me, man. Um, and a lot of times people make threats like that. They have no intention of doing it. They just look stupid. Uh, when Kristen comes home, because she's not home at this point, she and Annie Joe go to the second living room. And so I immediately was like, oh, y'all got money. Y'all got money up in this bitch. Y'all got two living rooms. How many kitchens y'all got? Probably two. They probably got, guys, they probably got a basement, like kind of apartment type bitch, right? They got money. I saw y'all outside with that pool. I saw y'all. Uh-huh. This bitch looks, how much it takes to cool this place? What's your electricity bill like? How many trash cans y'all got? I seen people with two trash cans. Are those rich people or are they paying for those extra trash cans? What's going on with this? On Home Alone, they got two sets of trash cans. I'm like, this, these people got money. These people got money. Like, it's quite obvious Kristen grew up with 
like, you know, having money is relative. Like I said, I grew up quite poor. I grew up upper poor, which means I had, we had our fingertip holds on middle class, on lower middle class. But our family members and most of the people we grew up around were pretty poor. And so it looked like we had money. <laughs> a lot of times people feel like, well, what, y'all got cable? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, my mom like really needs to watch her TV. <laughs> like, and they go, oh shit, you got two guys of Kool-Aid. I'd be like, yes, my dad does not drink alcohol anymore and he's just a Kool-Aid connoisseur now. It's so like, <laughs> but like, like, my cousins would come over and my mom would order a pizza and they'd be like tripping. They'd be like, this bitch got two pizzas, one cheese and one pepperoni. Shit. Like, but that is, like I said, it's relative. Just like, you know, I think this past summer we got all these think pieces and podcast episodes about people that were like incredible, incredibly wealthy, to be honest, more, far more wealthy than most of these people in this world. They were like, I didn't know I was rich. I went to school with people that went on three vacations a year and I only went on two. <laughs> I had to work and they didn't have to go to work at all. Even though I certainly went to school with people who had to work full-time jobs or people, or I definitely walked past homeless people every motherfucking day. But I didn't know I was rich. <laughs> My leggings cost a hundred dollars. But I didn't know I was rich. Like, so... And although those things annoy the fuck out of me, the truth is wealth is relative to who you're around. And sometimes they can't, you can have a lot and it makes seem like you have not. So in terms of Kristen and this, the Hollenbeck family all together, I don't think that they're like wealthy, but Kristen went on vacations and Kristen didn't have to work in high school. And Kristen probably got a car. She was 16, uh, probably a nicer, newer car. Um, maybe even a brand new car. It's possible. These are all things that probably happened for Kristen. And she lives in a house with two living rooms and a basement, probably a basement set up to. And she never has to worry. She never has ever had to worry about food in her refrigerator. And she doesn't have to now. She probably eats out a lot. Like it, she, she's privileged in a way, even though she herself independently is probably doesn't make a lot of money, right? But she has access to privilege and wealth through her parents. And she, like, there are people that, that got pregnant when they were 18 and couldn't stay at home. And had to, like, go get on Section 8 and food stamps and shit. Or live with their girlfriend or stay in a bad fucking relationship so that that person would help pay the bills. Like, there is privilege in this. And, you know, so I searched for them after this. And it felt like... People, like, people really fucking hated her. They hated Kristen. And most of them felt like she just didn't understand what she had. And I don't think she understands either. And we'll get to that. We'll talk more about it. But anyway, they got money. They got multiple living rooms. They got money. Um, Chris, so we talked about how Kristen and her parents don't get along. She says they argue a lot. They judge her. Um, Patricia says little comments about her parenting and that hurts Kristen. Kristen starts crying. She says she tries her best. Multiple viewers and commenters on Reddit and this is like, no, she doesn't. And she, Kristen says she gives them a bath and gets them ready for bed. Nanny Joe says she's lying. And that throws Kristen off. And she is lying. Like, she doesn't do those things. Patricia does those things. So the oldest, uh, Jordan, asked for candy. And 
grandma Patricia is pulling out like this big ass tub of candy and I'm like damn girl why do you even have that much candy and like I'm not opposed to it like as someone who loves sweets I have a huge sweet tooth uh I'm not opposed to that much candy but the thing is with my kids they get they have Valentine's Day parties where they get lots of candy Easter we just did a huge Easter egg hunt I tried to limit the candy but it was hard um Halloween birthday they, there's just so much candy that comes in here that having a huge tub of candy like that, we're never going to get to the bottom of it. So it stresses me out to have that there. And my kids like have always been like, mommy, it's not fair that when we come home with like a grocery bag full of fucking candy after a party at school, the end of the year party, um, you won't let us have it. And I was like, I understand. Like you brought this shit home. You want it. I get it. So what I had to do is I made a system in my pantry where I have like five little buckets near the bottom and each one has a name on it. And that's where the candy you got from your, that birthday party you went. That's where you're, that's where, oh, you guys had holiday parties and you, and you had all these candy bags. That's where it goes. And when you finish all your food and I say, and I don't have a dessert because I don't always have one. I go, go get three pieces of candy, three pieces of candy. That's where your Halloween candy goes. This is what I prom like, I'm not going to let you eat it today. <laughs> I'm not just going to send you into the backyard with a grocery bag full of fucking candy and say, see you in a couple of hours. I'm not doing that. All my kids have ADHD to varying degrees. Sugar throws them fucking off. But I, they're children too, right? And it's not fair for me to say, hey, you know that thing that you have that we talk about that makes it hard, impulsive, and that sometimes makes it hard to like study your body. And we talked about ways to do that. We've talked about how your medicine can help and and what choices we can make and what we should do if we feel this way. That thing means that I'm never going to give you a candy ever again in your life. Good luck. Like that's, they, they that if, as a child, that makes you feel terrible. Right. It makes like, why am I like this? And all my friends are doing this and that. So I have to let them fucking have candy. But I do not have to say have candy whenever the fuck you want. Have candy on a random afternoon. I do say after nap time on the weekends, like they usually have a snack and some and a lot of times it's like grapes or it's like string cheese or something. But if I want to like get on my kids good side, I'm like, you know, guys, why don't you go to your candy bucket and get a couple pieces of candy? You know what? You've been good today. Can you promise you won't walk on the ceiling after this? You don't promise that? Good, because I don't believe you anyway. Then go outside and jump on a trampoline. All of, you know what? Get a few pieces of candy. Take all your asses outside. I'll come get you in a little bit. That is doable. And so seeing her with this big tub, like it looks like a storage tub of candy. I'm like, damn, girl, what are we doing? So, But grandma's about to give the candy. Kristen shows up and is like, Kristen shows up and is like, uh, I already said no to the candy. But Jordan left Kristen and went and asked grandma. And grandma is like, okay. Like, but like seems annoyed by it and puts it away. And Kristen says normally she'd be like, well, if grandma said, I just let him have it. And all right. So like Jordan gets mad, right? He's not used to being told no. He calls her an idiot. He screams. He gets sent to his room. He screams the whole way. He tells her to shut up and stop talking to him. <sighs> He's angry, right? I don't allow people, kids to talk to me this way. 
but he's angry. And he's got to fucking calm down before you can talk to him. Like, nothing you're going to say right now is going to be, you're going to be like, Jordan, you don't call mommy an idiot. And he's going to go, I'm so sorry. I did, did I call you an idiot? My bad. I didn't even see that. That's, he's not going to say that. All you can say to him right now is say, you know what? I don't like the way you're talking to me. I don't want you to yell at me and don't, please don't call me names. Go to your room until you calm down. And then when he calms down, you can have all kinds of conversation with him. You can be like, hey, Jordan, are you calm? And he'll say, yeah, I'm calm because he wants to come out of his room, right? Especially if that's your routine. He's like, shit, I got to I gotta stop crying. I got to stop being mad because they're not going to let me out of my room. So you go, are you calm? Are you calm enough to talk to me? Yeah, I'm calm. Hey, uh, right there when you call me an idiot, that hurt my feelings. Right. I don't call you an idiot. I wouldn't call you stupid. I wouldn't call you names. I wouldn't. I don't scream at you. And if I accidentally, if I get upset and I accidentally yell, I come back and apologize because that's not how families speak to each other. And usually once I say something like that, they go, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that again. Now, maybe they will when they get angry enough. But at this moment, we've explained what the problem is. I've explained why it's a problem. It hurts my feelings. I don't want to be talked to that way. Just like you don't want to be talked to that way. Please don't do that. And give them a chance to apologize. We hug it out. You're calm now, right? You're not going to yell, scream or anything like that. Okay, come on out of here. Come back and join us up. And then let the shit go. Because we can talk about it for the rest of the day, but it, it constantly brings up that. And we have to like demonstrate that we can move the fuck on, right? If you do want, if you do something bad, that there is a consequence that is equal to what happened, right? That makes sense for what happened. And that once we have done, finished that consequence, we will move on with our lives. If I keep making it linger and linger and linger, first of all, you don't trust my consequences. Second of all, it feels like you're always in trouble. And once you feel like you're always in trouble, bitch, you gonna stay in trouble. You, if you feel like you can't get shit ever, if you feel like there's no hope, you gonna you're gonna why why would I try good behavior? Why would I try anything if there's nothing for me at the end? If it's just gonna be like this all the time? They still don't believe me. They still I'm always in trouble. They keep calling me bad. They keep being like, well, that time you yelled at me, that shit was six months ago. I am six years old. I don't remember shit. I don't even remember that. Then I start self-talking myself. I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. And so when people are saying things like, we need to try this or let's try, I'm thinking, I can't do that because I'm a bad person. Because that's people keep calling me bad. This is why when, I, when I'm when i joking, I'm saying my kids are bad as fuck. I'm here in this podcast. I'm not out in the hallway going, y'all are bad. Because I don't, I don't, I don't want them to think of themselves as bad. I, I think of them so, I think of them as basically good people who, make mistakes and we are not our mistakes. We are not our mistakes. You know how many fucking times I have to tell myself that? I was late somewhere yesterday and I was like, I'm a piece of shit. No, I'm not. We, first of all, being late happens. I have five fucking kids and a husband that every time, who has ADHD and every time I say we need to leave the house at this time and I come out at this time expecting him to be getting in the car, he's either taking a shit or he has moved the furniture and is vacuuming underneath it. And I'm like, we have to leave. And he's like, what? Yeah, I know. Why did you why did you take apart all the furniture? Because we need to do this. Right now, we gotta leave. Okay, well, let me do this first. That's just how he's made up. And I can be mad at him like that, or I can lie to him about one time we're gonna leave. And then 
pad in another fucking 15 minutes then let him vacuum underneath the furniture or go take another humongous shit for no reason where's this shit coming from you didn't even eat anything today let him do that then when he gets in the car i smile to myself and go yeah we're gonna be on time because i because i I fucked you (laughs) i can like i can choose to be angry about that or i can choose to work around it and like but i was late So I was late. I was like seven minutes late, which is incredibly late for me. But one, sometimes people are late. Things happen. Two, even if this was a mistake, which it's not a mistake. I did not do this. It's not my fault. Even if it was a mistake, we are not our mistakes. We are what we choose to do, what we try to do, what our intentions are, what we do consistently. That's who we are. We're not the one time we we fucked up. And even if we fuck up a lot, we're still not our mistakes. I don't want my kids to think that. I don't want myself to think that. I wouldn't want Jordan to think that. So I wouldn't hold this over him. I wouldn't be like, well, you called me an idiot two months ago. I would not do that to him, even though I'd want to, because like I am a scorekeeper, which is not a good thing. But (laughs) I would still, I would try not to do that because I want Jordan to understand that when we resolve something together, it's over. We're going to start over. Especially kids. They really need that. Um, yeah, so later, Jordan and Jaden are arguing over a computer with Cliff. Like, there's some sort of computer game that Cliff is showing on how to play. Seems like in a basement or some sort. Like, a, kind of like a built-out basement. And Jordan is screaming again. Everything he says is yelling. He loves to yell. Um, people have modeled that for him or... He yells and people do things for him. And that's so he's been taught. This is how you do it. Um, Cliff is trying to work it out. And Karen, Karen, Kristen is just on her phone in the corner. Just like looking at her phone. This came out. Let me see what time, when this came out. I'm back. It aired in 2009. So probably late 2009. So it might have even been filmed in 2009. So like I'm wondering like, so what's she doing on her phone? Facebook? Probably. Right, maybe she doesn't have an iPhone. I don't think. So I'm I'm thinking about early days of Instagram, but I don't remember when Instagram started. I do remember it started only on iPhone. Um, like I'm wondering what she's doing on her phone. Probably Facebook, maybe Twitter. Maybe she's texting. I'm not sure, but she's just on her phone at all times. Oh, maybe she's playing like. I really don't like do a lot of stuff. She's probably playing Candy Crush, right? She's probably playing Candy Crush. Um, so, yeah, she's just there and, you know, he's having to handle it. Nanny Joe asks her about her gratitude for her parents and Kristen says it's just not there. She's, she doesn't really respect them. And like, I feel like in 2022, if she was doing this episode, they would go back to what happened during Kristen's childhood. They'd be like, why don't you respect your parents? Well, when I was growing up, blah, 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 blah. When I first got pregnant with Jordan they told me I couldn't have a black baby like I I don't know like I bet Kristen has some reason she's feels this way with her parents but because it's edited this way it just basically goes with like Kristen's a bitch which she probably is we're a lot of us are bitches that doesn't mean that sometimes we're not right or wrong you know so they do the parent meeting, which is usually, so once, so it starts off with a montage 
of submitted day uh, submitted footage and also footage producers did when they did their initial interviews because they asked them all this shit. Like Nanny Joe's not asking them this for the first time. This makes any sense. It's like late night talk show. Jimmy Fallon isn't asking for the first time. There's a there's an interview in the back or um over the phone or whatever. It like they know the answers to these questions. But um so after they do that, then Nanny Joe comes and observes. Then she does the parent meeting. So they're doing the parent meeting and Nanny Joe says, well, she really just asks, like, what it is that you do? And then she yells at Kristen, like, this is Judge Joe Brown. I used to freelance. I used to watch a lot of daytime TV. This was before streaming. I used to watch a lot of, I used to watch a lot of court shows. You know how Judge Joe Brown or Judge Masters would be like, you got to stand up on your own two feet. You smoke crack, don't you? You want to die? Jump off this. Guys, I'm sorry. I just wanted to lean on me. <laughs> if you're a white person, tell me, have you seen the movie Lean on Me? And if you have, what black person showed it to you? It's a very specific movie. <laughs> you smoke crack? You want to jump off this? You want to kill yourself? Like, it's, it's a... <laughs> anyway, she yells at her. It's saying that 200,000 young mothers do it every day. Chris needs to get off her fucking ass and work. And then uh, Kim Kardashian, not West, jumps out from underneath the fucking table, bops Kristen upside the head and says, maybe if you had a fucking business you were passionate about, then you would know what it takes to run a fucking business, but you don't. And <laughs> People need to get off their asses and work. <laughs> Basically, they call Kristen lazy. And I'm not saying like... Um, I don't know. I don't I don't think that. I I I can see why they think Kristen is lazy. I think Kristen might be lazy, but it's just a lot of yelling. Kristen's like, uh, she just looks like, what? Okay, so they all decide to do better. And after the commercial break, they work out a routine. Small kids new routines, by the way. Routines are written in rubber, not stone, meaning they are meant to stretch, they are meant to accommodate, they're meant to fit. Um you, you can move them around. You can figure out new things. You can throw out the new schedules and get a new one. But you try to keep a routine. Do not make a routine and then be like, because it's 6.01 and we have not started bath time, fuck this routine. No. In fact, on all my routines, I write ish after it. <laughs> I like to write out some stuff so I can like, it helps me with planning. So if I say we're going to do something at 6, especially at home and we don't have to be anywhere, I'll say 6-ish. Because it's 6.15, we can still do it. So anyway, um, be flexible, be flexible. So they start with who's going to get the kids up. And Kristen looks around the room like, yeah, who's going to do that? And I'm like, bitch, you, these are your fucking kids. This is why people hated you. People, some of the people I saw comments were like, I found her on Facebook and sent her a message saying blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, she probably got a ton of messages with people like giving her death threats, racist shit because her kids are black. Um, probably just like really out of line stuff. Like, obviously she's lazy. Obviously she's in the wrong in a lot of ways. Obviously she doesn't come off good on camera, but like, we don't need to send the message saying, uh, your parents should fucking kill you. Like, what the fuck does <laughs> people on the internet are really wild. And so I can't imagine going on one of these shows and still having my DMs open. I can't imagine it. So Nanny Joe is like, these are your kids, right? Kristen? Jordan, wait, where's your mommy? And Jordan like points at her and she's like, that's her, right? 
Nanny Joe takes Kristen outside to convince her that these are her children and she should get them up in the morning. She agrees to get them up at 7 and feed the kids in the morning. She says the kids get up between 7.30 and 8, like normally on their own. So if Kristen gets up at 7, puts on some clothes, gets herself ready, between by the time the kids get up, she can like do a quick breakfast um, before she goes to work. Also, Nanny Joe's PAs, not Nanny Joe, have crafted a mom-grandma sign to show who's on duty when. This is very Ayala loves them. Also, Cliff is not on that. Because <laughs> we've agreed that this labor happens with only the women in the house. <laughs> also, like, not that, not that, like, if I'm Cliff, I'm like, girl, I didn't sign up to raise no fucking kids. <laughs> I understand why Cliff wants to be out of it. But I think it's interesting that we immediately are like, Yes, either Patricia's going to be on duty or Kristen. Just those two. Cliff, why don't you go out back and smoke a cigar and commit tax fraud? <laughs> I need to stop talking about Cliff that way. Cliff could be on the straight and fucking narrow. Cliff could be so fucking honest. Cliff could be so successful and ethical and all these things. I just like... When you see a guy like this that says he's in real estate in Arizona, there are things that come to mind. I hope no one's offended. Um, Nanny Joe also shows them the proper way to do a timeout when Jordan's doing some batch at the table. So how do you do a timeout? Timeout is one minute per age of the child. And... It happens in a non-constricted, uh, non-constricted place. Like we don't do timeouts in closets. I know, I know what people sometimes have to be told. Uh, we don't do timeouts where they are like being forced to hold a position that's very Gitmo of you. Uh, they don't even have to like face a corner, right? Because a lot of them don't want to face corners. They keep peeping out the corner and then you'll be like, no, you got to turn around and face. We're going to start over. Don't do that. Just have a place they have to sit that's on their own that it, is accessible from where you are, but like you can kind of see what they're doing over there, but not with you, okay? And just make it come, like the you don't need to stand up and hold your arms behind your back or above your head and also hold water, a bucket of water. We don't do all that. This We get very close to some torture, guys. It's fine if there's a chair. It's fine if they're sitting on the floor. It's fine if their faces are not in the corner. A timeout is specifically for taking us out of the moment that we're in, out of the emotions, taking the momentum away from the situation and giving them time to sit. It's really a calm down spot. It's really a like, like, I don't know. You can use it to be like, I saw you eating candy. You weren't supposed to be eating candy, but you can do that. If you need to, but it's not very effective against that. And if you do timeouts all the time and they're not effective, you're either doing them incorrectly or your child is timeout adverse. Either way, you don't have to keep doing it. Don't worry about it. You do not have to do timeouts if they do not work for you. But I'll tell you from me, I, I mostly use them to take the momentum out of a situation. We are fighting. We are running in the hall and throwing stuff, even though mommy has already spoken to us about slowing down. We don't throw things in the house. There is action happen. And by taking you away from it and making you sit here for five minutes and I time it, don't do it in your head because you will forget that fucking kid is in timeout. Go all, do all kinds of shit. I'll be outside doing yard work. The kid's been in timeout for 45 minutes, which is too fucking long. And so 
So put the fucking timer on. They know when they hear the, the, I'm not going to say the name. When they hear the, the, the thing go off with their timer, they know I'm, the next thing I'm going to say is come here. So when they hear it, they start walking towards me. And so, so you, when you put someone in timeout, you tell them why they're in timeout. You say, Hey, you're gonna have to sit here. You're in timeout because you were hitting your brother and argue and fighting with your brother in there. So now you're in timeout. You have five minutes. After the five minutes, because my youngest is five, you come back to me. Hi. Do you know why you were in timeout? They usually got to tell me. I remember the timeout because Monkey was doing So I punched him in his face and called him ugly. <laughs> okay. Do you know why why they got you in trouble? Yes, we're not supposed to hit anybody and ugly is not how you talk to people you love. Okay. All right. Please don't do this again. Hugs, kisses, off you go. We're done with it. Now, let's say they keep doing it. Right? They keep doing it. Then, I'm not going to put them back in timeout. We already did that. We already gave you a break to think about, like, why the fuck did I get over here? We need to move on to something else. So, it's something like, uh, Bear Bear stole some candy from me this weekend. Uh, he was in my room playing with me. I had to get changed. I changed. I had had, like, some a little jelly bean thing over by my bed. And when I came out, he was talking to me around food and running around. I said, what's in your mouth, Bear Bear? He goes... Bear Bear, do you have something in your mouth that I didn't give you? Yes. What is it? Jelly beans. <laughs> Why did you get the jelly beans? I wanted some jelly beans. Did you ask for jelly beans? No, I did not. Okay. So tonight when we have dessert, I'm not going to give you any dessert because you've already had jelly beans. Oh, okay. There you go. This is a this is a natural consequence. We're only getting so much candy or so much dessert in a day. You already had yours. So now you don't get any. There you go. Uh, he only had a couple of jelly beans, okay? If he'd had a whole fucking cake, we might have been like, listen, you ain't here taking cake. You <laughs> So maybe we're not going to have dessert for the rest of the week because you've had quite a bit of dessert today. That makes sense, right? I've had my sugar allotment for the week. So I, while everyone else is eating cake for the rest of the week, I don't get any. That sucks. But this is a natural consequence of the fact that I went and got a bunch of cake. This is the type of things you can do. Timeouts are for stopping the situation. And remember, they're about a minute in age, right? You can't really put a two-year-old in a 10-minute timeout. It's really hard for them to concentrate that fucking long. Two minutes is a long time. And it doesn't have to be a minute in age, but that it's a good rule of thumb, okay? <sighs> Older kids don't really do timeouts. But my kids hate being in their rooms. Like, so when I have to, so if I have to be like, listen, you have been doing a lot of stuff over and over the day. I want you to spend the rest of your time in your room thinking about it. I don't really do all day in the rooms. I, what they don't know is I'm doing modified timeouts. I'm saying, hey, you're arguing with your brother. You're, he's much younger than you. You're, uh, I've asked you to sit down a few times. You're not doing that. And like, I just, I just feel like we need a break. So I'm going to ask you to go take a break in your room. You're not going to take your electronics in there. I don't care what you play with. You can read a book in there, take some drawing, but go take a break in your room. And you're 10. So I think I uh, it's going to be a short break. I don't give them like time breaks. So because he's 10 and he's not confined to a space, excuse me, he's confined to a space, but he's not. I'm not asking him to sit in one spot, especially like my kids are not the type of people that can sit in one spot for like, extended extended amount of times I can do more than like 10 minutes because he's in his room and he's free to move about and he's not also I'm not saying you have to sit here and stare at this wall I'm saying 
go play in your room if that's with your toys if you want to read if you want to draw but I need you to take a break from this what's happening here I probably will say about 20 minutes 20 minutes is long enough for my 10 year old so I'm I keep I'm I'm like doing it in in regards to like what I know of my kids it's long enough to have an impact it's not so long that he loses all hope <laughs> he hates being in his room alone they all hate being alone He's not so long that he loses hope and thinks, I will be in this room for the rest of my life. It's long enough to make an impact, not so long that... Because if if he loses hope, then why would he adhere to what I've asked him to do? If it's if, if we're at DEFCON 10 right now, there's no reason for me to even try. Because it's all over. And I'm a child, so I don't have any real concept of like, you know, the big picture. So I'll say like 20 minutes. Turtle's a little older. He rarely gets in trouble. I might do 20 minutes, maybe 30. Depends, depends on what, I'm, what, what the issue is. So what, you're older now because you're in your room. I leave. And as long as you aren't making a lot of noise, like crying or having a temper tantrum in there, I'm fine with the door being open. But please don't stand at the door and look out on the rest of the world and be like, memories of when I was free. Don't do that. Please go in your room. And if you are in there having a temper tantrum, I'm going to close the door because I don't want to see you. And even if I don't close the door, I will not stand in the door. Like what? Why? So I can watch you be punished. That's not my goal here. I really am giving you a break. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to go in here and be like, I can't believe you did that. Why would you do that? Why? I've spent so much money on you this week. They don't have any concept of fucking money. I'm your parent. I'm supposed to spend money on you. I've been trying so hard. Of course I've been trying hard. I'm your fucking parent. I don't, uh, try not to do all that. I can't believe this after yesterday. Duh. Try not to do all that. Really give them a break. You take one too. When you're done, set a timer so you don't fucking forget about them. Don't go in there and start watching the shots of fucking sunset. And three hours later, don't do that. When you're done, go in the room. Come back. It's like, hey. Um, did you get your break? Did you get a little time? Yeah. You want to be here? Do you know why you had to come in here? You remember why? Why I told you? Yeah, because I was fighting. And then, and then you had told me to put on socks with my shoes because I already have a uh, foot fungus. And, then, and I need to, like, wear socks so I won't get sweatshirt. And then you told me to do it, and I said I was going to do it, and then I absolutely did not do it. And I kept walking around, and then when you said it again, I looked at you like I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> And then when you told me a third time, I still didn't do it. <laughs> and then I was arguing over the TV. And, da, 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 and you said that I needed to like take a break so I could like get myself together. Yes, that's exactly why you're in here. Guys, remember, we're here. We're here together. We're a family. We don't live in a mansion, so we don't have a lot of space. And we, we do like being together. So I would like our time to be pleasant, right? So arguing when you don't have to argue, not great. If you don't have to argue about it, if it's not, try something else. Wait your turn. Maybe ask me if you can watch TV in my room. Or maybe I'll let you. I say yes sometimes. You never know. Figure that out. Maybe go take one of your other siblings and go play Uno. Figure out ways to avoid being around people that, you, that you're that you upset with. Also, I don't like repeating myself. I sound like a goddamn nag. Nobody wants a nag. I, I don't want to do that. You already know my voice is going. Then it's probably going because I have to keep telling you put on socks. Also, then you itch up your feet. 
Then they get all scratchy up. Then we got to put an antiseptic on it. Come on. The reason I want you to put on socks is not because I'm the sock master. It's because I'm doing it for you. You're uncomfortable. And part of it is that you got sweaty feet. So put on some damn socks. Okay. Can I see you put on socks? Okay. Put on the fucking socks. All right. So why don't you go back out there? Try it again. Okay. And this type of timeout, which is more of a break. It's not really a timeout. We can do many times throughout the day. Come back out. We're arguing again. Hey, let's take a break. Actually, both of you take a break because I think both of you are intrigued to this. Take a break in your room. Take a break in your room. It's difficult with Turtle and Cheeks because they're together. But they rarely argue. They just rarely argue. They don't like to be around me. They don't like to be apart from each other. They do not argue like that. If we have to get to a certain point, we can do like... um, Because right now, Bunny's doing a lot of lying. Just a lot of reflexive lying. Like, Bunny, did you do this? No, wasn't me. I don't even know who did it. Bunny, is that you on the camera doing this? Fine. <laughs> like that. Um... <laughs> Bunny, here are six witnesses that said you did it. Okay, fine, it was me. <laughs> so what me and Bunny are doing that's very special for me and Bunny, and also for Bear Bear, Bear is, have, Bear Bear is having a problem of reflective lying, reflexive lying. So like, I'll stop. Like a lot of times I just know they're lying. So I'll stop and I'll go, hey, you want to take a minute before you answer me so that you can like say what you want to say and not the first thing that comes to your mind? Because you know, I'll, I'll work with you, but I don't want to be lied to. And a lot of times they'll just take a breath and go, no, I did it. It was me. And that's, that's great. No problem. Thank you for telling me the truth. I know, I know sometimes it's hard when you, when you think you're going to get in trouble. I know the first, the first thing you want to say is no, it wasn't me. Thanks for telling me the truth. Appreciate that. We move on. But if like you are insisting on lying, I have to be like, and I know that you're lying or even if I have a feeling you're lying at this point because you've been lying so much, then they know the next step is that, specifically for these two who have been doing a lot of lying lately, is I'm going to take 15 minutes off your bedtime. So you're going to have to go to 15 minutes earlier. And then if later on you're lying again, I'm going to take another 15. Now you got 30, now you got to bed 30 minutes early. And it's just like a little thing that like kind of like progresses so that you can be like, damn, okay, I need to tell the truth. It, it, and I don't, you know, I don't let it get to like where you have to go to bed at 3 p.m. I don't let it do that. But it's just like a little thing. Usually I only do it once or twice. Um, those are like progressive punishments. Another way, another example of that is like kids who won't stay in the bed, right? Um, my kids don't like their doors closed. I understand that. I only close their doors after they've gone to sleep and I'm going to sleep. So I close the doors to make it easier so that you can't hear other people like running around the house in the morning. And it just makes wake up a little easier. So I, um, I, when I put you to bed, this is little kids only, big kids don't do this. Um, when I put you to bed, if you get up and come to the door or come out of your bed, I will put you back to bed and I will close the door a little, not all the way. I'll just, it's fully open. I close, I just a little. Okay. I don't talk to you. We don't, we don't have conversations. I don't cuddle you. None of that. Cause that, that gives, that gives you what you wanted anyway. Right. So all I do is I put you back in the bed. I put the covers back on you. I don't talk to you. I close the door a little bit. Let's say you get out again, close the door a little bit more. So every time you get out, I'm going to close the door a little more. You don't want the door closed, right? You hate when the door is closed. So 
usually I only got to like put two increments and they're like, shit, this bitch is going to close the fucking door. And, they, and I'm like, I'm staying in the bed. And those are nights when it's tough. Most of the nights it's not too tough. It's not that bad. But because they know I will do that, they'll be like, shit. And another thing I personally do that I got to do with bedtimes. With my two little ones, because they talk in the bed and they do all this stuff. And I try to let it go to a certain amount because I can't control their every thought. I can't be like, you will go to sleep now. If you're lying in a bed with your and your brother's across the room from you and you are five years old, you might talk to him. So one thing I do to make that hard is I on there, they have a little, I don't, a little home speaker thing connected to Amazon thing. I put audible books on there. They have kids books. I, I play that. So, and I play it loud enough that they'd have to yell, kind of yell over it because they're far apart from each other, but low enough that it's not a bothersome. So it reads them a book, right? So now we got something to listen to. We got something engaged with and lay in the bed too. But nothing to look at, right? It's still dark in here. So we eventually you're going to fucking fall asleep. So I do that. The other thing I do that like I have to I have to do with these two little boys that don't do with everybody is that usually by the time they go to bed, I'm still doing things. Like I'm tidying, doing my tidy down for the night. Like checking chores, making sure a little laundry, just my routine. Because I'm walking, so I'm walking past their room a lot. I look in their room. They never know when I'm going to look in their room. I'll just come and I'll stand there. I won't say anything. I'll just stand there and look in their room. They only notice because they'll look at the door and someone's standing in the thing and they know it's me. So it is possible that if you were to get out of bed and go get a bunch of toys or go get in the bed with your brother and start hitting him in the head, I'm going to see you because you don't know when I'm coming back. I don't just leave and keep going. I just look. Check it in on you. Just look. Walk away. So... This is by trial and error. I'm very far off topic, but I'm just saying like, those are like, so that's how you do a time. That's actually how you do a timeout. That's a modified, when kids are too old for timeouts, it's a modified timeout. It's more of a, let's take a break. And then remember that there are some things like little things that you can do progressively, okay? Progressively that, you do small stuff, increments. I'm going to send you to bed 15 minutes earlier. I'm going to close this door a little bit. I'm going to like, so that it gives you a chance to make a mistake and it's not the end of everything, right? Going to bed 15 minutes early isn't terrible. It's annoying and you you don't like doing it, but it's not the end of the world. Me closing the door a smidge so that less light is going in there. You don't want me to do that, but you'll live through it. And that it gives you the chance to make a mistake, make a mistake, and be like, fuck, I'm making a lot of mistakes. Let me, let me, let me chill out. Let me chill out on that. And also with the lying thing, kids lie. They lie for a number of reasons. I, I spent a lot of time like feeling bad because when I was fostering, I was really good at getting kids not to lie to me, right? By not reacting in a way that made like, like if you told me something that was bad, I did not go, what? I was, I was like, okay. All right, um, you stole my car. Okay, you're back. All right, where did you go? Like asking a lot of questions, getting all the information, calmly just being like, okay, mm-hmm. why'd you do that? All right, okay. How did you get the keys to my car? Like it's just asking a lot of questions, but not exploding. If it was something that was passable that I did not have to do anything about, right? 
You're telling me that even though I told you not to go in my room, you went in my, I found, I thought you went in my room. I said, did you go to my room? And you did any, and you're admitting that to me. I'm not going, how fucking dare you go in my room? Yeah, you gotta listen to me. I don't, I go, okay, but I told you not to go in there. Oh, you went in there anyway? Okay, can you, can, like, can you not do that? Okay. Did, why'd you go in there? You needed something? What'd you need? Oh, you need the toenail clipper? Yeah, your toenails are large. Let's get that. And, and just like letting things go that I could let go. And the big things, like not reacting really big, but like getting all the information, letting you speak to me, not, not talking over you. Being like, okay, well, this is like not good. Okay, so we got to figure out something. Give me a second. Let me think. Let me think about what we're going to do about this. Okay. All right. You stole someone's phone. We're going to go. Do you know where they live? You don't know where they live. All right. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. I will walk you into school tomorrow and we will get back the phone and you will apologize and we will figure out a way for you to make this up to this person. I don't know how, but we will brainstorm it together. But so I'm really good at getting foster kids not to lie to me. So, and Bunny used to lie a ton. The My older boys, they were grade A liars when I met them. But, but they gradually started just admitting shit. They'd be like, no, it was me. And we'd be like, why would you do that? And we'd have a conversation. Bunny just started lying again. And Bear Bear's like, I feel like he's in a stage. So and when that first started happening, I was like giving it to myself. I was like, girl, why are they lying? They're lying because they don't trust you. They're lying because of this. They're lying because of that. Like Bunny would lie like, hey, you know, but lately she's been lying a lot. Um... They don't trust you. You're, you are failing as a parent. You go out here raising liars. I did a lot of negative self-talk about that and I had to work my way through that to be like, no, they're lying for a number of reasons. The number one one is they don't want to get in trouble. So how do we work that out? How do you make yourself a trustworthy person to tell the truth to, to like something's broken and you call, you, they go, oh shit, let me find my mom. Not, oh shit, let me put this under the couch. And so I work on that. I work on making it annoying for them. I work on validating when they tell me the truth. So they, like, I asked Bunny, did she uh, wash her hair? And she was like, absolutely. And I was like, oh, did you? It looks dirty. <laughs> and she was like, I was like, okay, well, I don't, it doesn't look like you washed it. I don't know, you know. And I don't have dirty hair, but okay. And she went in her room to do something. And 10 minutes later, she came out. She's like, I just really want to like start over. I did not wash my hair. And when you asked me that I washed my hair, I was like, ah, yeah, I washed it. And so in that conversation, I was like, hey, and thank you for coming back. Thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that you thought enough of me to come back and tell me the truth. All right, what are we gonna do about this dirty hair? By being that, it's like, it's a, it's a process. And like not, I've been going long. Let me, let me, I gotta wrap this shit up. The thing is about kids is that like there is a myth that and I perpetuate it too, right? That your kids will behave well if you are doing the right thing. If your kids are not behaving well, it's because of something you've done. You're you're in charge of that. That's your responsibility. And that's not necessarily true. Kids are people. So they have their own reasons for doing all kinds of stuff and parenting is a lot of like detective work and being like what the fuck happens what is going on why do you need to do that let's eliminate the reason for you to need to do that and like 
But just because your kid is acting out in a grocery store does not mean that you are a bad parent. It doesn't. Now, if you are ignoring them like Kristen would do and just like being like, eh, I don't to do with me. You are, you're not doing very good parenting at the moment. But the act of them acting out is not your fault. The act of them uh, calling you an idiot because you wouldn't give them candy, that's a choice they made. Their choices are up to them. So like, it's just really important that you don't allow that negative self-talk to get to you because if you, because like I just said with the kids with hope and like, if we're at the end of the rope, if nothing ever going to get better, what, why should I do anything? And I think that's where Kristen is. I think Kristen's depressed. I think Kristen doesn't, has gotten to the point where she doesn't believe she could do anything. And so she's disassociating in her fucking phone. She's doing things like going upstairs to her room and letting her mother deal with it because she's like, what am I going to do? I don't know. I have no idea. I can't do anything. Don't let yourself get there because the truth is you can always do something, maybe a small thing. It is, there's always a way to make things better. Just so you know, like if you're sitting here listening to this because you're disassociating from your badass kids. And again, remember that is just how I'm used to talking. Uh, most people are mostly good and they make mistakes. If you're sitting here disassociating in your dirty house with your badass kids being like, I, this is overwhelming. It's okay. It feels overwhelming. Acknowledge that. However, you are capable. You can do something. It's just going to start small. Okay. (laughs) It's just going to start small. You can do something. Don't let yourself get there. I am way off topic. Okay. So they do the, um, the timeout and I just want to remind you they're not appropriate for everything and they have a time limit timeouts don't last an hour and a half they just don't so we get a montage of Jordan not going to timeout and remember when they leave timeout if 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 your kid is not used to doing timeouts and not understanding like what's going to happen if I leave here you just if they leave timeout you pick them up you take them back to timeout you say I'm let's start over and of this is going to take some time, especially if they're used to like not used to this type of stuff. It's okay. Be consistent. Calm your voice down. Don't do any more talking. They'll be like, and you did this. And I'm not taking this anymore. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. None of, none of that. Jordan, we're going to start over. You got to sit here. We're going to start over. Do that. Don't chase him. Remember that. Don't chase him. If he... If like, where's he going to go? Like they only have so much energy. Let him run around. And then when he settles down, get him, take him back to the timeout. Like make it clear. We cannot escape this. Okay. Make it clear. (sighs) While he's in timeout, Jordan yells for his little brother and like encourages him to curse. Right. And he yells about the Lord's cursing. Blah, blah, blah. So Nanny Joe, who is like a shadow in this, is like, okay, now tell him this, now tell him that. <laughs> she tells Kristen, because by the way, in this scene, she has sent the grandparents away. So the grandparents are not there to be her backup. She cannot disassociate and hope that someone else is going to take care of it. She goes, all right, go tell him that because he's done this and he knows he's not supposed to do it, he's going to go to bed earlier. 
right? Going to bed early is the ultimate timeout, right? It's like, let's try this again tomorrow. So, so she tells him that. He gets very upset. She drags him up the stairs. Not, I, I, when I imply she drags him up the stairs, it, it implies that she like grabbed him by his hair and dragged him. Like he doesn't want to go. And she's like having to make him. It's such a big struggle. He's running around the house over and over again. And she's like having to take him back in his room. He won't go. He's yelling. He's throwing things. You gotta stay calm. She, she's doing, I can tell she's not. She's trying her best. Then at some point, Jordan has a bottle of water. Why is water upstairs? Water stays in the kitchen. This is where we drink things. Until you are old enough that you will not put stains in my carpet. Or two, that you are old enough to, that you are old enough that if you do put stains in here, you can clean it up. <laughs> Jordan's not that age. But anyway, he's got this bottle of water he got from someone. He probably stole it from one of his parents' rooms. And one of his parents. His grandparents or his parent, his mother's room. And he's like the roadrunner, like setting traps for Wile E. Coyote. Like, I, for the love of me, cannot understand a reason why he would quietly uncap water and pour it at the entrance of his door. Unless it was a trap. It was like Home Alone, guys. Did a producer tell him to do that? Like, what? why was he doing that? I don't, I, there's got to be a backstory to this. So at one point, he's still leaving his room. She grabs him to carry him back to his room. He, while she's carrying him, she goes to walk in his room and slips in this water and fucking hits the ground. Hard, guys. This was not a almost fall or a little fall. She, she bit it. And at this point, a lot of people would spank Jordan. Now, I... <laughs> What I would have done there, and I had to do this this weekend, I would put myself in timeout. Jordan is safe, right? There's no knives. He's not in this fucking street. There's not a fire. I would have said, Jordan, mommy's going to take a break or mommy's going to go to timeout. And I would have went in my room and closed the door and calmed down because I would have been so fucking mad. I would have been so fucking mad. I might have been crying because that shit like it hurt. She's, she's already feeling discouraged, right? And then you hurt yourself like that and it's embarrassing. People are watching. There's at least five people in that fucking room. Okay, it's embarrassing. Maybe even Jordan laughed because why wouldn't you laugh? She fell. And like, I would have went in my room and I might have even cried. I would have had to stay in that room for at least 15, maybe 20 minutes. I would look at TikTok. I would watch. I get on YouTube and watch Drag Race's Greatest Lip Syncs. I would call my mom <laughs> and tell her I want to get rid of these fucking kids. <laughs> I, would do, I would call my husband and be like, yo, when you get off work, you need to come straight home. No stops. <laughs> I, would, I would go. I tweet some shit. I would go in that room and I do what I had to do to get myself back under control. And when I felt okay, all right, when I'd watched three TikToks from this lady who let her husband name both her sons the same name, his name but spelled differently and she don't give a fuck. When I, when I done that, I'd be like, I, I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna open the door and I'm gonna go find Jordan. He might be downstairs eating cookies. I'm gonna take the cookies from him. He was like, Jordan, you still gotta go in your room. Even after all that, even after you set a home alone motherfucking trap for me, like Kevin McAllister, even after that, you still gotta go in your room. 
And like, this is part of the consistency because if you know that no matter what fucking happens, if I stay going in that room, you gonna get in there. Once we have that consistency, you'll just go in there. Cause you're like, fuck, it doesn't matter if I run around. It doesn't matter if I go outside. It doesn't matter if like I cry in the hallway. It really doesn't matter. Like if, this has been something that I've had to teach myself. If they're crying in the hall, they're refusing to go in there. I'll be like, all right, well, don't start till you go in the room. I just let them. I don't watch them. I don't give them an audience for it. I just come back and check. Oh, you still in the hallway? You got to go in your room, buddy. And then I move on. And I, and, and again, we're not going to give an audience. I'm not going to talk. We're not going to, I'm not going to, we're not going to have a Lincoln Douglas debate here. We're not going to like, like you get your notes and I get my notes and we're going to debate it out. You're going to go in the room. I'm, I'm actually not going to put my hands on you because it's too close to me like getting physical with you. And I don't want to get physical with you. I don't even want to be in a position where I accidentally get physical with you because I hate that. I don't want to live life like that. So instead of me putting my hands on you, especially the older kids, the younger kids are a little different. Like they like to be carried. So like being carried somewhere is fine. Um, I might hold a hand, right? I might hold a hand, but I'm not going to physically place you in this room. Uh, it doesn't start till we get in the room. We're going to go in the room. Even if you throw me on the, even if you make me slip, even if I have to put myself in timeout, even if you, even if we still talking about this two hours later, you're going to go in your room. And once, like I said, once you get to consistency, they, they really stop arguing about that because they know that you mean what you mean. Like I could have been in this room and she only lets me, makes me stay in there a little time. Like I would have been back out. I'd be back out here watching fucking TV with everybody else, but I'm still in the fucking hallway crying and now I'm embarrassed by it. Everybody else in the house has moved on. They've had snack time. They went outside. I'm still in the hallway crying. So, like, I'm, but I'm giving you the space to figure it out, to get in your room. So, but that's kind of what Kristen ends up doing. I think Nanny Joe like, kind of hurts her to her room. And she is crying, probably because her ass hurts, girl. And Nanny Joe is like, okay, but this is what your mother does every day. While Kristen is crying in the room. And fortunately, after all that drama, Jordan has fucking fallen asleep. So it's over. I want to know who's going to pick all this shit up. But it's over. If it was me, I'd be like, good, he's in the room. I'd let that shit go right then. And in the morning, I'd be like, hey, Jordan, you know what? Shit you threw in the hallway. You got to take that back in your room. And he'd probably be like, okay. Because <laughs> it's over to him. And I got to let it be over to me too. In the end, you ended up in your fucking room. Even if you fell asleep, you ended up in there. Like I fucking told you, you would. I told you you were going to bed. That's what you did. You went to bed. And in the midst of all that, you did a lot of stuff that you now you have to take care of. Now you have to put back to right. Whether that's taking back in your room. If you broke something, you have to fix it. If you can't fix it, you need to pay for it. If you can't pay for it, you need to trade one of your things for it. You have to, you have to do something like that. So the next scene... This is a part that's very Ayana, uh, where Nanny Joe takes Kristen to a, a women's shelter, a family shelter, really, um, where they are at an old, um, not in use motel anymore. And they converted these rooms to families who need housing. And uh, Kristen is very much, I don't give a fuck. Kristen shuts down. Now, to me, now obviously, it looks like she's like, mm, who cares, bitch? I think Kristen shut down emotionally. Like, I am not going to be homeless. What do you mean I'm going to be homeless? Like, this is what my, my mom always says. This is my mom always says I'm, I'm going to have to be homeless. And, like, I think 
it was too much to deal with. And I think that having Kristen spend some time in group, like a group with people who are homeless might've been helpful because it would have been able to be able to tell her, okay, um, okay, um, like if, you know, if, um, like just spend time like hearing their stories and what they have to deal with and how, like that might've been helpful, like just listening. And I would have been like, we're gonna leave our phones in the car. So I'm just leave our phones in the car. Oh, what if somebody calls me about my kids? Don't worry, they're calling Patricia anyway. It's <laughs> I would have said that, that's rude. But like just having them hear these stories and stuff as opposed to just taking a tour, it's, it's, and that might not have been done because of like filming things, restrictions maybe. I don't know, but she has down and Joe like kind of yells at her about it. And she says her pride is choking her. Nanny Joe tells her she's spoiled and that the families in the shelter are richer than she is inside. And Kristen is unmoved. When they get back to the shelter, Nanny Joe gives Kristen a gratitude calendar. She's supposed to write down something she'll be grateful for each day to her mother. Patricia is moved to tears when Kristen writes something down. They even hug. Like she's not used to even like being like thanked for anything. So the next step after they do like some like hands-on parenting coaching is Nanny Joe leaves the house and she basically tells them like, try to do this on your own, but the cameras stay. I don't know how long she's gone. She always like, I'll be gone for a few weeks. Like she's like so fucking busy. <laughs> and you know, so when she comes back, she watches the footage from when she was gone. And Nanny Joe says that she feels a lot of tension already. And the first thing that Patricia and Kristen is like arguing in the kitchen over whether Patricia's on duty or not. And Kristen yells at Cliff for recording something over on the DVR. And then we see Kristen doing a crossword puzzle while the kids are asking her to come play. Like this is the first time Jordan is not yelling in the entire bit. Um, Jordan and, and Jaden seem like, um, they remind me of Bear Bear, right? Oh, in case you guys don't know, I've officially re-ranked my challenging children. It goes Bear Bear, Cheeks, Bunny, Monkey, Turtle. Many of you will be like, Princess, how could you rank your children in most challenging like that? Because I'm a person and I'm realistic. I didn't say I don't love these motherfuckers. I said, in terms of who is most challenging, who challenges me as a parent, who makes me a better parent because I have to think outside the box and I have to, like, I do not have wash and go kids. Like some of you absolutely, like, listen, I had spank growing up and people would hit me and then I would stop doing stuff. I didn't trust them. <laughs> I didn't always stop doing stuff either. I would just like hide it. You know how like if you yell at a dog because they use the restroom in the house, it doesn't mean they won't use the restroom in the house. It just means that they'll hide it from you. That's essentially what, like you have to teach them what to do, not negative reinforce things. And uh, yeah, like I was a pretty decent kid. I got on some trouble. I, I did go to scare drinkers, but, but I, I like yelling at me and hitting me like did motivate me to be sneakier about things and to get caught less. Yes, 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 yes. But I'll have wash and go kids. You can't just throw my kids on the couch with some Netflix and a happy meal and like everything will be okay. Maybe turtle, maybe. Well, he's not even him. And the fact is like, 
I have to think outside the box. I have to try to figure out what's going on. And the people that challenge me, the people, when people say, oh, Princess, you're such a good parent, the answer is sometimes, depends on the day, I have my fucking moments, guys, where I'm like, bitch, you have got to get yourself together. But when you think that I'm being a good parent, it's because they challenged me to be one. And it's Bear Bear, Cheeks, Bunny, Monkey, Turtle. And the truth is, I think that if you give me a year, I'm going to tell you it's Bear Bear, Bunny, Cheeks. I think that's how it's going to go. We'll see. Um, what was I talking about that? I don't even remember. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like all discombobulated. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, she's like, the kids are asking her to play. The kids, these kids seem like challenging kids, right? It seems like they just got a, like a, a shaky foundation about like what must happen and how do we get good things how do we get approval how do we get attention how do we get people saying nice things about us you know in my house people really want me to tell them they've done a good job they really want that they really want me to validate them they want me to tell them nice job putting on your clothes they want me to say i saw your spelling test i'm really proud of that they want that. And it's because I give it out freely and they notice that I tell it to other people. Today, Bear Bear was crying because he was sitting on the couch and he was not being quiet, but Monkey was sitting on the couch and he was being quiet. And I was doing something and I said, Monkey, I see you being quiet over there. Thank you. Thank you. You are being helpful right now because you're not making a lot of noise and you're letting me help everyone get ready. And this makes it easier for me. Thank you. I see you. And Bear Bear started crying. He's like, you didn't tell that to me. I was like, because you're not being quiet. He's like, but I want you to say it to me. And I said, you, this isn't something you can get by asking. You have to do it. And he was crying and then he figured it out and then he was quiet. And once he was, I walked past him. I said, I see you being quiet. Thank you. Thank you. Like the positive, like reinforcement works. You want them to want that validation from you. And I think Jordan and Jaden just need more positive validation. And they need people that like understand a difference between like, what is for attention and what is really them not being able to behave in the way you want them to and why so why can't he do this why is he running around the house screaming oh i gave him a lot of fucking candy seems like that one's on me so like like stuff like that and so for once they're not yelling and they're like mommy can you play and she's like what do you mean what 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 do you mean huh and I'm like, why are you acting like you do not understand what the word play means? Dude. Um, there's another scene where uh, Patricia is asking the boys to wash their hands. And they say, mommy doesn't care. And she says, well, grandma cares. I don't know. It... <sighs> Nanny Joe is basically like, okay, so a lot of things didn't change. And... You know, uh, Kristen was saying that she feeds the kids and babes them, puts them in the bed, and that's really not true. And, you know, Patricia and Cliff, wait, is his name Cliff? Hold on. Clyde? No, Cliff. His name isn't Clyde. That's not an Arizona businessman name. Cliff is, though. Say Kristen loves her kids, but to her, she comes first. Um, 
And then we see Kristen like talking about selling things and having garage sale. And that's when Kristen drops the bomb. The bomb is this. She is planning to move to Colorado. Excuse me. She might be moving to Colorado is what she said to be with her boyfriend. Now, might, who be having a garage sale if you might move, what? Let's, okay, okay. Her boyfriend lives in Colorado. I'd be willing to bet money that he's always lived in Colorado and she, she met him. Through what what year is this again? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. <laughs> she met him through some dating app, and has been in a long distance relationship the entire time, and is planning to move to Colorado to be with him. I don't know why. I just like that's. I get that vibe from Kristen. Like, you you know what I just described is like probably the least uh the least um. How can I say this? I don't want to say good. It's the least like uh, understandable, like or the least stable um, scenario that could happen, you know. And so, and she always seems like the least to me. Um, you know, Cliff and Patricia are upset. You know, uh, Cliff says that Colorado's too far because what if she needs help? Um, uh, Patricia think is Patricia is going from seeing these children every day, all day, and being their primary caretaker to them leaving the state. And I can understand how that would be stressful. And like you also don't have a lot of trust in Kristen. So you're like, oh my God, you probably don't like this dude or even the idea of this dude. Um, Kristen seems like the type of person that like picks people based on whether her parents hate them. And again, I, I have questions about why Kristen is the way she is. Like, whoa, whoa, how do we get here? Um, I mean, it really feels like they needed Super Nanny like fucking 20 years ago to help with Kristen. Um, but yeah, like, and it almost feels like Kristen's moving out of spite. She seems to be very much like, you know, I'm getting out of here. For whatever reason, and I don't give a fuck what you think, and ha, take that. And so, like, I don't know. I think it felt like Nanny Joe was like, oh, like, why the fuck did I even come here then? This isn't going to be the parenting dynamic. But also, though, some of the stuff she's trying to teach Kristen will be helpful for her. But, uh, yeah, also, why did I even come here? They do one last exercise where Kristen and Patricia put their backs together and, uh you know, talk about feelings. Kristen says she's hurt because her parents don't believe she's a good mom. I don't think Kristen's a good mom. But I, but the thing is, when I say I don't think Kristen's a good mom, I think that's different than being like, Kristen's a bad mom and she's always going to be a bad mom. And fuck Kristen. Hope she drowns in a fucking kiddie pool and, and we never see her again. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think... I don't think she's doing her best parenting. I don't think she's trying that hard. And I think there are reasons she's not trying that hard and that she should explore those reasons, investigate, sit with those, and figure out whether or not that benefits her or not. Um, Patricia says she feels angry. 
uh, Kristen acknowledges that she isn't parenting and that she's lazy. Patricia, so if you, you're you not parenting, you're lazy, now you know why they think you're a bad mom. Maybe she's when she said that it wasn't that, why would you think I'm a bad mom, but that it hurts that my parents, that that's what my parents think about me, even if it's true. Patricia says she took over and controlled everything with Kristen and the kids, and she's sorry about that. They talked to each other a little more. And that's it. Like, Nanny, uh, Super Nanny usually ends with a feel-good moment. Usually with, like, the parents and the kids having a laugh and, like, doing something fun together or whatever. But I think that they thought these, like, feelings talk should have been, should have, like, been our our feel-good moment. But it wasn't for me because I was like, I don't think this resolves anything. And Kristen, where are you moving these children to? Where are you going to live? You can't afford to live on your own. So you're going to go move in with this man in Colorado who I don't even trust. And I don't know a shit about him. But you like him. So that means he's bad. Because you seem like you got a bad picker, baby. Just just the vibe I'm getting. And so, like, yeah. Like, uh, I have questions. I have a lot of questions. Um, And, you know, Nanny Joe is like, okay, Kristen's moving to Colorado with her boys and everything will be okay. And I don't think so. Now, I did try to, like, find uh, them and see if there was any update. It's hard to find. Um, those kids would be fucking from 2009. What is that, 13 years ago? They're grown. Yeah, one seven. They're fucking 20 years old. But I couldn't. I just found a lot of people who hate Kristen. Hated her, tweeted at her, Facebooked her that night that they saw this and was like, you deserve to die in a fire. Um, I saw a lot of racist comments about the fact that uh, her kids are black and their father was not pictured or spoken about. Um, yeah, it, it just I saw a lot of like comments blaming Patricia and uh, Cliff. Um... They're about 50% fair, but whatever. I did see an AMA with a uh, with a kid who had been on a Super Nanny episode. And although he knows his parents got paid, he just doesn't know how much and he didn't get any of the money. Someone in the comments of that Reddit thread was like, they worked at a bank and uh, they used to work as a teller at a bank. And someone came in to cash a check or to deposit a check. And told her it was from Super Nanny. From them being on Super Nanny. Because, you know, they need a small talk and shit. And it was for about 20 grand. And I, I question, is that believable? I don't fucking know. How many members of the family was it? I can see them being like, we, we pay a $5,000. We give $5,000 per person in the family. I can see that. You know what I'm saying? I could also see it being three. <laughs> but I don't know. You know, it's one of those things you know, take with a grain of salt. Um, I'm I'm happy to know they get paid. I know that most people like when you see people on a reality show of any sort like this, that they do get paid. But I'm happy to know that they get paid. You know, I I still twenty thousand dollars is a lot of money to be honest. It's a lot of money. I still don't, and so that explains some some questions I have about 
letting your kid look their worst on TV, and you also look your worst, people blame you. And, and Nanny Joe often has to uh, has to super nanny the parents <laughs> as well as the children. So like letting your whole entire family look its worst on TV and um, in perpetuity, because I'm certainly watching this a lot later. Is it worth like twenty grand? I don't think so, man. But I guess it depends on how much you need twenty grand, huh? Who knows? Anyway, that's it. I took entirely too long. It's a little bit of a long one. Hope you guys enjoy it. Just, like, I really enjoy talking about Super Nanny. Um, should I, like, just, like, quit my job in this podcast and become a parenting consultant and just, like, go from house to house and teach people how to put people in timeout? Should I do, should I open, like, a Super Nanny franchise or something? Should I do that? No, I shouldn't. But I did enjoy talking a lot about, like, uh, the techniques and I enjoy talking about, you know, the kids and the relationships and stuff. This is like all my bread and butter and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. I will catch you on the main feed episode that happens on Sunday. It comes out every Sunday. We're doing the finale of Rock of Love. So, see you guys soon.